0: Fox Shoe recorded, recorded live. live. Um it's um October fifth, two thousand seventeen at seven thirty three PM according to my computer. And I am in Bangor, Maine, up in the corner, the northeast corner of the United States. And um once in a while I describe where we are. We have like the Atlantic Ocean on one side, uh, we have Canada on two sides on the top. And down further, we have New Hampshire. And yeah, down further, we have New Hampshire to our west. So we have a lot of interesting things and connections with various areas like New England states or Canadian provinces or the ocean. Uh, We also have a strategic location where many flights used to land from overseas, from Europe. Not so many now, but in the old days, they did. It was the first place that they came into the United States, so they had to clear customs here. So Bangor has some claims to fame. Um, Troop greeters are one of them. Um, People go out there and meet planes coming back that have uh, military people on them so that they're greeted when they come home and are celebrated for coming home alive. You know, that's good when you have a battle and your people come back alive. Anyway, so that's where I am, and tonight um, I felt that I should be here because so much going on in the world, and there's people here in the chat right now who have things that are concerning them, as well as uh, the things that are concerning me regarding what's going on, and um, mostly it has to do with violence in our society right now, and who's who are the enemies, who are the people that are. Um, still, you know, still working to try to save the country, basically. Who are who are the Americans? Who are the people who are here trying to take down the United States? Um, and we know that there's probably more than two. There's many factions with their own agendas. But we keep seeing them played out. And we keep uh, putting two and two together and figuring out what's going on. And is it a conspiracy theory? Um There may be theories involved, but many things that have been talked about on this show and others are facts that were learned. Um, They're not really conspiracy theories. They're conspiracy facts, as Jack would say. Um, I'm referring to Jack McCarthy. I need to get in touch with him because I read something today that I think he might have some input on. Um, Anyway... So, I'm way behind on things. I have not been able to tune in and listen to Able Danger this week, and I know there's a lot going on, and that there's a lot going on in that group, too. Um, Sounds like there's all kinds of new things that relate to um, the present administration in Washington, uh, President Trump's administration, um, things that relate to the 9 11 um, research that the group does, um, some new information there. Um, some new um, exposures of politicians and well-known well-known people in previous administrations. Um, some of the work that Field's doing right now to try to get his wife and him back together because she's overseas and has had trouble re-entering the country. Um, what else have I seen? Um, new information on the attack out in Las Vegas, um, so much fishiness there, I mean, I haven't even had a chance to even get beyond surface, and it's because I'm waiting for things to settle a little bit, It there's so much coming out, and, and it's so conflicted, every story just about is conflicted, so, um, and what else is happening, just the usual corruption things. But every day we wake up, it's a new adventure. We have something else to deal with. Here in Maine, we're having things to deal with all the time, and I'm trying to stay active, stay informed, figure things out, try to save where my um, energy should go, because we're limited in how much we can do. I mean, you can't run for 24 hours a day and expect to be able to keep functioning. You have to, you know, pick which things you're going to put your attention on. Right now, my attention is mostly on... Corruption. Um, I'm spending time also um, trying to stay back out of the arguments because one one of the things I really love to do is argue. I can, you know, stand there and argue until I'm blue in the face, debate people for, you know, ever if they want to. I'll just keep going, but I know that I have to stay back from it and watch for a while. I have to think about things. I have to look at things because. There's a lot of gamesmanship going on right now, and sorry to say it, but it's the truth. Um, you don't know who you don't know who's doing it to who, and you have to really pay attention because it could be as subtle as seeing how they exchange glances in a room when they're together, whether or not they know each other well, whether or not they have a secret. Um, I'm not sure everybody understands that, but there are a lot of women who do because we We're different. We were raised, you know, and also I think we're genetically made to notice things in people's behavior, probably from raising children or whatever, or picking a good mate. Um, And you can see a lot in people's eyes. You can see a lot in the way they act in a group, whether they're reserved or not, whether they look straight on to somebody when they're talking to them and they're being forthright, as we used to call it straightforward, forthright, um, out there with what they want to say or whether they're guarded makes a difference. Um, I've been very concerned about some people this week. There's some people that I know that are extremely sick and they're dealing with hospital issues. I'm not sure that baby boomers should even count on the medical profession to try to get anyone well anymore. I think that They'd will be happy to get rid of some of the population and baby boomers are right at the top of the list because we remember things. We remember things. We have a view of how things should have gone. We have a view of how we want things to be when we're, go- when we're gone, when we've left the earth. Um, we're willing to fight for it. We're willing to talk about it. And uh, I think that, uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I'd be very wary of anything that's aimed at senior citizens right now, and that includes nutritional things, shots, um, recommendations from the medical profession or the pharmaceutical profession, because they're showing every sign that they want us gone. So, you know, if you need vitamins, I keep saying go buy the chewable ones they give to kids, because they're probably just vitamins. I don't know what the heck this... Your stuff is, and I'm not going to be taking any of it. So that's just my advice. Um, yes, I will take, take something if it will save my life. If it's something that I have to do to save my life and I have no choice, I might take something. But I'm not just going to take something because somebody reads on a lab report that something's a little high or a little low, and so we'll load you up with this stuff. Too many times you'll be sitting there in the middle of the night, because you can't sleep because of some other problem, and up pops on the television an ad for a class action lawsuit on some drug that you've known like 10 people that were taking it, and some of them are dead now, and we'll never collect any settlements, even if it was worth money, which it probably isn't, it's probably $2 or something. They, They don't even apologize for this stuff, they just do it. So... That's something that's concerning. We have sick people around, sick people that I know. Um, Just some really horrendous sad things, sad accidents. Um, There's been a lot to pray for lately as far as people's welfare around here. And it's been very busy. So I'm getting back into it now. I'm trying to get caught up with some of the stuff that people have been studying on lately. This thing in Las Vegas is going to take a while because I have a feeling there's many aspects to it. But like I said, there's a lot of fishiness, and I just know that from life experience, just looking at it. There's fishiness to it. Come on. The guy, I mean, what the heck? First day, there's a few guns, then there's like 19 guns. They were specific. They said the word 19, and now there's more. And now there's this and that, pieces to it, and how many rounds it can shoot, and some of these things are impossible, they're not even possible, and the public doesn't even know that because they're ignorant of these types of topics. They just spout off whatever the you know the agenda is of the of the um what I call the globalists the liberals it's the same people they would just as soon erase the American border and just have us all be one the entire world, even though we're quite different, and our cultures are very different um what else with that? Uh, the the people involved. Like if you go and you look up some of these people and find out what their backgrounds are and what they, you know, what they did for a living, what they're doing now, and what they've done recently, because everybody's putting their life on Facebook lately or it's recorded somewhere. I mean, if they have an arrest record or if they've ever done anything in their life, there's pictures of them. There's things, you know, that they did with their family. You could see, re, you can see reunions, weddings. Um, funerals, obituaries, uh, company picnics, all kinds of things are online now because it's building as we speak. There are people entering information into the computer systems. So you can say, well, you can't prove the accuracy or whatever, but you know what would be the point of somebody going back and changing a file from 2011 of somebody's Wedding where everybody's standing there and they're all named and you can and in relationships and everything else, it's all there. Um. This past, well, couple days, yesterday, Bangor Daily News let go five people, and they didn't name who they were. They just said they were letting them go because they are they're going in a different direction. They have to restructure. they basically what they're doing is they're going out of business. I think they're failing. Bangor Daily News used to be one of the biggest newspapers in, I think it was maybe the largest circulation in um, at least Maine, but maybe in New England. I'm not sure because the Boston papers may not have been exclusive um, to, you know, like a certain area. It may have been that they were more like used as a uh, weekly type thing for other states other than in the Boston area. I'm not sure. But the Bangalore Daily, New- Daily News used to have... Just an enormous circulation, huge, and they had ten different editions, and they went everywhere, and they were always right up to date, and very. It was a very good newspaper, as far as anyone would know, and it is now. It's like a couple of thin sheets, and online, it's it's a liberal free for all, and if people make comments on the articles, they get thrown off. They can't have a, They cannot have an opposing opinion, or they're just gone. And so things are happening there where people are, you know, they're ditching their print subscriptions. Some people still have them. And they're also just not participating anymore. It's like, who cares? You guys are just, you know, you're thinking yourselves. You don't want to listen to anyone else. So just have fun getting advertisers when nobody cares. Well, anyway, they got rid of some people, and I was trying to find out who they were. And I found one for sure just by looking up names on Facebook and one of the people in there said how did you know who this is how did you know, how did you know that this person's gone in other words cuz they weren't named in the bangor daily news and i said facebook everybody posts things on there and they said you need to get a life
2: <laughs> like
0: get a life okay um so i guess we're supposed to sit passively in a chair and wait until someone tells us things we don't have to go look for anything I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, so today I was telling some people about this happening, and of course the announcement of it had already been taken down because that's what you can do when you have digital and electronic publishing. You can just change it. You can change words, and you know, the next time you look at it, it says something different, and you look like an idiot because you replied to something that was uh, stated in a different manner. Um, well, it was just gone today, and there were people that were interested in it very interested in this who never saw it at all and I had mentioned it and so um, they were spreading it around now so those are some of the things we can do the publishers can get rid of it they can change it screenshot things, save things share things, tell people about it because um, now that information isn't put down in print very often it's very easy for someone to say I never said that We never published that. That wasn't there. You're crazy. I think you're hallucinating. Um, No, because I have the proof. So I've been doing that. What else is happening? Oh, yesterday we went down to my camp and checked on it because we didn't get a chance to get down there all summer. made me very upset because I wanted to be there. So we went down to mow the lawn figuring it was going to be a foot tall, and it wasn't. It was just... There was drought down there, too, so there was hardly anything. It was just you know a few tall, weedy things and burnt grass and but anyway, it got mowed. My boyfriend mowed it, and uh people came over that were talking about the the uh nearby nature conserve or whatever you want to call it reserve something about some type of weed that grows on the boulders or whatever. I don't know. I've talked about this before. Um, What's happening in Maine is we have people who are very wealthy who are buying up all kinds of coastal property and not necessarily telling the public that it's for private use. They're making it sound like it's some kind of great humanitarian thing where everyone will have access forever. And it sounds like something that's state-owned when they get done. They have, like, grants, and they have all these, you know, biologists and everybody weighing in on these things, and all the associations have wonderful environmental-sounding names. But when it comes right down to it, the people that arranged for all of it, they form their own board and treasury and things like that, like their own association, and they buy it. And it's theirs after that. So... um, it's a. I I told this woman I found it underhanded the way they did it. I said, I'm not saying I wouldn't have said yes and, and thought it was a great idea, but I said the fact that I didn't know about it until it was fully finished is I felt it was underhanded. And she said to me, I am sorry. And I just looked at her. And I'm sure she's like mega rich. I'll I'll know more later. She was friendly enough to me, but I wanted to let her know that I was no pushover and that... Um, I questioned some of the things that were done in the way they the way the things were done, and that I wasn't you know necessarily all that interested in saving any more land in Maine because there's plenty already set aside for the public. Um, she said to me, "Well, it's so people can get down to the water, so that." And I said, "The coastline has all kinds of." public access points where people can put boats in or go down to the water or go to the beach. I said, "That's they're not limited in that. And she looked at me like I was, you know, saying something that was unusual. She goes, well, this is to make sure that it doesn't ever, you know, never has, has uh, people blocked off. <laughs> I just kind of looked at her. In fact, somebody had said to me one day, where down in this whole area, do you see a place where a child can't put a kayak in the water because that was their whole thing is, oh, the children, the school children can come down and put their kayaks in the water. It's like they could walk across some of these lawns and put a kayak in the water because that's how it is in Maine. People live right on the water on some of these older towns on the coast. They live right on the water. They mow down to the edge and probably go, this is really hard for me to mow. I should do something about this. You know, rather than say, "My gosh, this is beautiful where I live," because I have this beautiful view. So anyway, yeah, I'm looking into all those things too with the land, the land um, issues, the property rights. Because I swear they try to change them all the time. Um, Lucas St. Clair, who's the person that I've talked about before, who is Roxanne Quimby's son, and who. Um, He's kind of the stand-in spokesperson, probably partner or whatever of his mother now, with regarding these huge tracts of land that she wanted to have made into a national park but didn't get her way. And as close as it got was they donated it to the um, federal government, I believe. I don't think it was to the National Park Service. They made a donation anyways and Obama signed it into a national monument like the same day. So it was kind of another underhanded way to to just take land and encumber it like forever. So that's still in the um, limbo stage because the Department of Interior has not actually ended their investigation yet, I don't think. They were going to do one to see whether or not things were handled properly. But Lucas St. Clair, anyway, he's going to run for representative of the second congressional district, which is the upper part of Maine where I live. Um, he's going to try to, um, unseat Bruce Poliquin, I believe. And the, the thing that people were, the things that people were saying about this were just amazing because they were saying, well, he doesn't even live up here. Or these are the people that voted for president Trump and who does he, I mean, does he really honestly think he could win this election? He still wants to have control of these types of issues and that land, even though they already donated it. And so, to me, he doesn't really have a right to say anything because they already gave it. So he needs to go somewhere, sit down and shut his mouth, whatever it is. All right, let's see. What else did I have to talk about? Um Well, honestly, I've been spending what time I'm not working on my um, issues here at my house. I've been working on studying as much as I can about every last detail of the people that are coming out in the news. And if I weren't on here tonight, I would be digging in more on what Able Danger is working on because it looks like to me that there's a lot of detail to it and that if I could just sit down and get, you know, an hour and a half or so to read the postings and things that Field McConnell and David Hawkins have have, uh, placed for people to read articles and things like that, that I could possibly um, contribute something to that because like I said, I feel like I relate to every single story that is ever told over there. It's just that I don't have time to get into it deep enough to um, help and the, um, the names, the stories, the situations, um, when I listen to those, I mean, I have, like, so much dot connecting going on because Maine is in a lot of this. Even though it's never mentioned, It's it's connected to it. It's like a place where they go and do things that no one's going to notice, or they go and hide up here and they have their, you know, big estates or whatever and, and they meet up up here and it looks like they're just on vacation, sort of like Martha's Vineyard. You know, They go to Martha's Vineyard, these upper mucky mucks or Nantucket or somewhere out there. So you know, my, my mind gets going and I want to know more about it. I want to read more about it and uh, ask questions of people to see what they know about certain things. But You know, Casper Weinberger, he was mentioned again. And uh, he had a place down, I think it was Southwest Harbor. He was related to someone I knew. He was a brother-in-law. His wife was a children's author. I don't know if she's still alive or not, Jane Weinberger. She was, um, you know, she used to make tours of some of the local schools and stuff, talk to the kids about her books. And... He was just, you know, he was right like an hour. He lived an hour or an hour and a half maybe from where I live. I probably could have driven right to his house. It's just, to me, it's amazing how many connections there are to Maine and people, know they just don't ever hear of them. So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I wonder how that relates to this or that or, you know, this person or whatever. And, and um, some of the most... Um, unusual connections that I've made just from listening to a video or picking up on some little detail that struck me odd was when, uh, and I've told this before too, but I'm just going to remind you again, when Secretary of State William Cohen was uh, Secretary of Defense, I mean, William Cohen was a senator Uh, Christine Lagarde, who is the International Monetary Fund woman, she was... uh, She was friends with him because she was helping him translate the French language for his constituents up here because she's a French speaker. And so they got to know each other. And it's just like, you know, who would think that Christine Lagarde would know William Cohen from Bangor? She knew him because of that. She knew him because of helping with translating for his constituents. But, you know, when you have a friendship, you don't ever really not have a friendship later I mean you could still call up people or you still might know them in other aspects but it just surprised me it kind of floored me actually and the only way that I knew it was because she mentioned it I think in a speech somebody somebody just mentioned it in passing in a speech and I think it was her and I just I sat right up and I was like really you know there's connections with Colby College in Maine there's people who um you know like um George Mitchell, you know, Secretary of State. He was um, a judge here. He was a baseball commissioner. Uh, He, you know, went and did uh, his ambassadorship, or maybe he still has it, to Ireland. He had uh, Middle East peace talks, Irish peace talks. He did different kinds of things like that. Many people know about George Mitchell. And I found out he was cousin to John Baldacci, one of our previous governors. And that was just in passing. That was from reading something in the newspaper about supposedly Maine's royal families. <clears throat> and I was I was kind of floored because I thought, what do you mean Maine's royal families? They were trying to talk about the elites and the people who control things in Maine. And I found out that his, his mother, I think, and, and John Baldacci's mother were sisters. They're somehow related anyway. And I was very shocked. I was like, wow. I mean, I read stuff, and I pay attention, and I didn't know that. It was a big surprise to me. So some of these people have connections that you don't see. They're they're behind the scenes, um, and they're not going to really show it to you. They don't want you to know how closely connected these people are, but I don't think there's that many. And, you know, I've said that before, too. I keep saying I've said that before, but these things keep coming back. Um I don't think there's that many people who are who are running things into the ground. I think there's, you know, probably less than 50. I used to say less than 20. I think there's some probably 20 really bad actors that you'd know the names of and then there's a lot of people you don't know the names of and I don't think we'll ever know who's in the shadows because we're not meant to know that. These people that are out front doing the bidding of those people in the shadows, they are They're right in front of us, and they don't have the authority to do it on their own. So whenever I hear someone say, well, this one or that one did these things, I go, who do you think told them to? Because they're not allowed to just go out there and act on their own to do whatever they want. That's not how it works. There's a big system there, and they're part of it. There's somebody they're scared of, and there's somebody whose orders they follow. So anyway, um, I see 8 came in. Hi, 8. Yes, John, sorry. Um, so, I don't know what we want to talk about tonight. I know that Desert Pete may have something he wants to say. M says that James Kinn is among the missing right now, and I've been saying some prayers for him. I don't know if he's just got a computer problem or power problem or something, but he hasn't been around for about a week, she said. So, if you're a praying person, please say a prayer for James Kinn. Hopefully, we'll see him show up and... All will be well. I'm hoping everything's okay with him. Um, he told me his real name one time, and I tried looking it up, but I didn't see anything. So, And I don't want to give out his real name because I, I wouldn't do that. There's a lot of people that are using pseudonyms online, and there's a reason for it one way or the other. So, And frankly, if we haven't met anyone in real life, we don't even know for sure. So I'm not going to give that out. All right. So I'm going to see what I have in the um, links that I saved. If there's anything in there, otherwise I'm going to um, try to, you know, speed up things a little tonight. So I'm not talking so long. We have um, so much to try to get done. It's awful. Okay, I think that some of this I did, I don't know, I I was going to say, did I talk about all this stuff last time? Some of it is just things I kept, I guess. They don't really relate to anything.
2: Um, It's too old now, some of this. I'm going to go open the other one. Two dates that are
0: just close together, they may have been from last time when do, I don't even know when I was here last time. was it two weeks ago? It probably was yeah we had a bunch of people who were having an argument about the second amendment too and there there are people that do not realize that that. The Second Amendment is not granted by the Constitution. It's not granted by the government and can be subject to um, change or editing. It It is a right that was given to us by our Creator. And the only reason it's in there is because they wanted to strengthen the rights by listing them. There are other rights we have. We have rights given us by our Creator. We have a right to defend ourselves from anyone that would come against us. And, yeah, I mean, it is a big deal. So if they try to do anything regarding that, it's not going to be good because especially like in an area like we're in up here, people, you know, I've said before, they may not even hunt. They may not ever use their guns, but their guns are something that is part of their family. They hand them down. They belong to various members of the family that have passed away. They're like the keeper of them. It's like a museum thing in a way. It's like you just hand them down. And if somebody wants to learn to use them or they want to, you know, do something with them, um, they can. Future generations. But it's our right to defend ourselves. It's our right to hold and bear arms. It's our right. And the only person that thinks they should be able to say it isn't is another person who's not above you in stature. And that's something to keep in mind, too, is that these people were elected by the people. It wasn't they chose themselves and told us what to do. Somehow along the way, people got complacent and they allowed the roles to be reversed so that it feels like the government is our boss. But they're not. The people are the boss of the government. So we have to keep that in mind that, They don't tell us what to do. We tell them what to do. We tell them what we want done. And if they don't do it, they get voted out. And hopefully we never get to a point where we have to make it more strong than that or force anything. Um, Now, say I ran for an office and I got elected. Do you really think that means that I get to tell you what to do and boss you around? I mean, that's really what it is. It's just that these people have been there so long, they've become like an institution and everybody thinks they have to listen to what they say and they don't. You could call them up right now if you want to and tell them that they're an idiot and you don't want to talk to them or hear them again. (sighs) And they might ignore you. Probably they would, but... So... Things have gotten out of control, even the school librarian, which I noticed, too, the one that was having a some type of a problem with Dr. Seuss and saying he was racist and everything. That was a whole big um, story in the school librarian realm. The people were, were pretty much uniting on that, that that wasn't her role and that she should have accepted the gifts with grace from the First Lady regardless of whatever her political opinions were and that Dr. Seuss is not a racist and uh, it got to be really ridiculous. So Um, That was one of the things that happened this past week. Let's see. Looks like everything else on here is pretty much about earthquakes, about narcissism, which I'm still studying on. Um, I had a few things on Las Vegas, but they're old now. They're a few days old, so I don't think they're probably any good. And...
2: um,
0: I give myself YouTube videos, and I don't even write down what they are, so I'm not going to go through all those right now either. Okay, so I guess, um, Desert Pete, do you want to call in tonight and give us an update on anything you want to say about Las Vegas? Because I know you go there all the time. It's up to you. I'm trying to speed us up a little tonight, so we're not here until, like, well, for me, 1130 or midnight. It's pretty late, so, okay. I thought you might want to say something. And Val Am, we'll just continue to pray for Jameskin until we find him, find out what's going on. Thought I'd get in here and say something for him. I don't know anything at all about what he might be doing. I, You know, he doesn't email me or anything like that unless he's sending me a link, and I haven't heard from him in a while. So maybe someone at Abel Danger knows. calls him Father Mulcahy over there, Field does. Okay, I'm going to get Desert Pete on here so he can talk for a few minutes. Clicked. Why won't it take it? There. Hi, Desert Pete.
3: Yeah, good
1: evening.
0: Good evening. Been stressful out there, I bet.
1: Welcome to the land of the living.
0: Yeah, really. You didn't happen to be there that day, did you?
1: No, uh, Fortunately Thank goodness not. Uh, yeah. Although text chatting with with Vel just before the show started, uh, I mentioned yeah there is a big show in Vegas next week. I wish I had the money to attend, but uh, I bet their attendance is going to plummet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that particular show is the uh, the private biz jet convention, where billions of dollars of private jets fly into town for display. Boy, would that be a hmm. fun thing to to walk through and and see inside those things but uh yeah the the, the exhibit badge alone is 100 bucks so uh, it's just not
0: So it's the, like a big conference?
1: Uh a conference convention. Uh
0: yep.
1: the, the conference is, is especially to private pilots who have to fly those things. So there's a lot of technical uh training classes yeah. and stuff going on for that. But uh wealthy individuals that are looking for the next jet, that's that's the show to go to. Oh yeah. uh, uh, oh my goodness, I don't know where to start. Uh I think we were all shocked early Monday morning to hear what what went on in Vegas, uh uh Sunday night. Uh and of course the media has crazy spin on it that's nowhere close to the truth.
0: They keep changing what supposedly are the facts, so yeah. Yeah, one uh, minute it's this many guns, the next minute it's that many guns, and even like, um, I think it's John said what room number, I think they even changed the room number. So,
1: well, I, I think it's been settled as floor 32, room number 135, but you're right, it could change. Um, I, I, I just don't know where to begin, I, I've been watching so many videos on it, and... Uh,
0: well, what strikes you as the oddest thing? I guess that's what I would want to know is what do you think is the oddest thing that is supposed to be believable to the public but isn't really believable to you well like the,
1: it's the simple question that we all have to ask after every shooting is who benefits and yeah. i haven't I haven't figured that out yet uh, there's a video out there claiming who ben, who benefits is Michael Sheertoff and his company will be selling a lot of scanners and and other security baloney from here on. So, yeah, that's kind of a given after every shooting.
0: Do you remember when he first came on the scene with his security scanners? Do you remember? The
1: Department of Homeland Security, yeah.
0: Yeah, but do you remember what the incident was?
1: Well, it was 9-11, wasn't it?
0: I think it was the underwear bomber.
1: The underwear bomber, the shoe
0: bomber, whatever. Right,
1: right along that. They
0: were... Those machines were already made. They, I mean, that's why they could roll them out so fast, because they were already yeah. manufactured and made and ready to go. And that was one of the things that popped up in our radar at the time, because it was like, well, it was not convenient how fast that was. Yeah. And that he happen, just happened to be benefiting when he was also, you know, Homeland Security. It was very fishy. So yeah, he's somebody I would look at, definitely.
1: Yeah, And of course, he's got massive ties to Israel uh is the other key factor there.
0: Yeah.
2: And
1: now speaking of Israel, let me jump on that. Now there there's several excuses out there as to who benefits and Field McConnell just kind of took a a right turn today and jumped on something I hadn't crossed my mind. I mean, his his claim is that uh the new constitutional US government dollar is being printed and that they're in inventory in some Indian reservation just outside Las Vegas and Field feels that uh this whole shooting incident was a distraction on that. Now personally I find that a little hard to believe. Uh but we all respect Field and he's just another opinion to toss in the stack, so I I'm not Yeah I haven't hard. even
0: had a chance to listen to it. I will try to do that this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in no position to argue with with him or anybody at this point. Uh but l- let's bring up Israel here. Uh Mossad is uh and, and let's back up a little further. The reason Israel and Mossad comes up so fast in in all these seriously complex organized shootings, especially this one that is most definitely multiple shooters, using military-grade weapons that you just can't get off the street. Now, I took a wrong turn once when I was a little confused where I was at in Vegas, and I found the Industrial street. It's right at the north end of uh, Dean Martin Drive, merges into Industrial Boulevard, and you just go about a block or two further north on Industrial Boulevard, and you glance in, and you can't believe what you see. they got military tanks, Hummers, uh, and big signs saying rent a machine gun. It's it's absurd. Now, I think they have an affiliate of some facility outside of town where you can actually pay money and go out and shoot a machine gun. Uh, But, yeah, that business does exist in Las Vegas. It is possible. But are they talking
0: about taking it off the premises, or are they talking about people going out there to enjoy playing with it?
1: I just. I mean, know are that... they
0: allowing them to leave with them or just play with them there, was sort of like a paintball gun place or a you know okay. range? As
1: as I drove past, I did not stop in to browse.
0: <laughs> okay, because I... I'm wondering, because I know there's people that probably would love to shoot those and see how they feel, but it doesn't mean they would take them anywhere and use them against people.
3: Yeah. Uh, now,
0: I don't the... know. I just know people that would like doing it. They would love doing that. The the that story be- I've
1: been told is that it is possible to own a machine gun, but you have to have an extremely
3: expensive federal, uh, get the acronym now, guns and, stop and think, uh, alcohol,
1: tobacco, and firearms. Uh, a, like a, a permit? You're a, talking about yeah, a permit you have to, to have it? Yeah, you have to have a very expensive ATF permit. Uh, to own a town machine gun which includes a very extensive background check understandably but that is possible in Las Vegas and I don't think it's possible anywhere else in the in the country uh but uh further commentary by people who are really into guns they say even the stuff you could get with a stamp does not allow the military stuff that we saw in use in Vegas Uh, Mike Rivera was commenting that uh, this claim that, oh, he just got this one adapter for his his AR-15, and that made it go full auto. Yeah, but it could still only hold a 30-bullet clip, so he could never shoot more than 30 rounds at a time. And we heard one video out there has continuous 90-round firing. Yeah. And it's a gutsy sound that is absolutely not an Uzi. It's absolutely not an AK-47. It is a military-grade machine gun going off and fires off 90 rounds in that video clip. And the comment I've seen on that was that that had to be a belt drive, and then somebody elaborated further and said, well, you can buy a drum that has the belt inside it. So that is possible, but that's only available to the military. No civilian can get that. Uh, I think if Hollywood needed one for a film, they'd have to call, they'd have to contract the military to show up in the scene with one. Uh, it, it's that restricted.
0: Yeah, but the uh, thing is, these people don't go by the law. You and I would have to do it, but they don't. They just do whatever they want.
1: Well, the, then the next question <laughs> is, okay, let's say you're dumb enough to, to claim that yes, you're going to break the law and get one. Where do you yeah. go? Well you have to go to a military arms dealer to get that stuff, and now yeah, we're it's talking not something
0: someone casually got right, and it's not way. somebody yeah. you
1: casually run into the street run yeah. into on the street, even walking between casinos in las vegas right that's That's a connection that I wouldn't know where to begin
0: yeah
1: um, I think I mentioned once I knew a fellow a number of years ago who uh started in uh commercial freight cross-country, and eventually got into Evergreen and climbed up the uh, uh, the corporate ladder in Evergreen and got himself up to a vice president position. Once he got up there, he realized what Evergreen was doing. Uh, he said they were the biggest arms dealer in the world, and he quit. He wasn't yeah. going to get involved in that. So uh, there's somebody who thought he was climbing a legitimate business. Evergreen, by the way, used to be Flying Tigers, and it was originally founded by the CIA. So it's, it's, uh, uh, I knew
0: Flying Tigers. I didn't know that. See, you just told me something new. Yeah. Flying Tigers used to come here. So yeah. I remember that. I think uh, I have some playing cards that say Flying Tigers on them.
1: Yeah, well, the guy I referenced a lot, Rodney <sighs> Stitch, uh, he was a, a Flying tiger, tiger pilot, and he owned a few of his own planes and subcontracted them to him. Yeah. Uh, so that's why Rodney Stitch had close CIA ties. And probably why Phil McConnell didn't have much respect for him, which I'm sorry to sorry to say, because Rodney Stitch did a lot of research of, of great value.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but uh, well, I'm getting off base here. Uh, okay, you j- just had to look at... This was a highly coordinated, extremely... Previously planned military assault on Las Vegas. And it wasn't just the Mandalay Bay. The front entrance to the Bellagio was shot out uh, on Able Danger's chat. Uh, I guess Agent well,
0: Is ahead. that near it? Because I don't know where these things uh, are.
1: Bellagio is uh, another half mile, almost a mile up the strip. Okay. Uh, the strips, uh, okay, uh, assume a big north-south street is the strip, and the the southern end of the active strip is Mandalay Bay. After that, you've yeah. got like a mile of <laughs> raw desert, and then you've got the big South Point Hotel about a mile south of that, and then another mile south of that is uh, the big M Hotel. And then south of the M Hotel, you have mountains. <laughs> and that's the end of Las Vegas. Uh you one know, you drive through the mountains, then you go through Jean, Nevada, and then eventually to uh uh not Perrump but uh but State Line and State Line has uh whiskey Pete's and uh Wild Bills and, and one other, uh which are kind of middle of the desert hotels and they're really pretty cheap. So if you're desperate to get into Las Vegas during expensive convention time you stay out at State Line where you can still find a forty or fifty dollar room. Uh hmm. and then you you drive another thirty minutes into Vegas.
0: I've uh, never been there, but I do know people that have gone and they put up pictures and it looks very very um I don't know, otherworldly, spectacular, you know, huge. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. again, you're you're driving through raw desert and then suddenly here's this big monster glitzy hotel in front of
2: you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's
1: the area. So uh g- given you just the logistics the the Mandalay Bay is the biggest gold hotel you see just as you're coming into Vegas when you're driving up from from uh Los Angeles and it's wow. it's the first one on on the big skyline and it's it's quite a quite a sight to see come just coming out of the desert to see that thing um but again on North South Street so continuing from it in Mandalay Bay up, and now I don't have all the casinos memorized, but Bellagio is maybe another mile up, the, up Las Vegas Boulevard. And somebody mentioned, well, how close was it to Trump's Hotel? Well, Trump's Hotel was about two and a half miles way up the boulevard, and it was off the boulevard. So Trump's Hotel is not on the Strip. When I... F- saw the location, I'm wondering why did he choose that? I mean he probably got the real estate cheap, but it's it's not really right in the middle of all the actions, so uh maybe he was just aiming to to house dignitaries and he wasn't really into major entertainment, so I don't know what was going through his mind to, to build where he did, but uh but it's up at the the northern end of the Strip, just before you get to the old downtown area, and that's Fremont Street, and that's that's a whole different neighborhood and different story. Mm. So, what am I getting at? Uh, this was a planned attack with the big event happening at Mandalay Bay, but just a mile up the street, Bellagio had the front entrance uh, shot out, and across the street from Bellagio is the Paris Hotel. And somebody on, uh, I think, it was Agent Sixty Six on uh, uh, on Able Danger's chat board uh, today said he knew somebody who worked at the Paris Hotel and they had a shooter incident over there. I don't know if anybody was shot and injured or if it was just again a, a, a shot out window. Like the same
0: Canada.
1: day. all during the event. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. The same see? time.
1: The same time. All this stuff is going on down at Mandalay Bay. Is the same time Bellagio gets the front entrance shot out, and the same time somebody shoots a window or something across the street at Paris Hotel, and then—am I getting my addresses correct? Somewhere in that vicinity, and now I'm beginning to forget what, what the, which hotel comes after which, but uh, New York, New York had a shooter of some sort and New York New York is right on the corner of the biggest hotel complex in the world where starting from the well from the top left is New York New York then on the top right of the intersection is the MGM Grand 5000 rooms uh wow. lower right is the Tropicana which is about two two or 3000 rooms lower left is the Excalibur, which is four thousand rooms, so if I, you've got fifteen to twenty thousand hotel rooms all at that one intersection. Largest congestion of hotels in the world. Oh. Uh, and New York, New York, apparently was the only one of those four that had a shooting incident, and just exactly what I don't have the details on yet.
0: It's like it's just like the coordinated attacks they talk about
3: yeah uh
1: no, so what? because it's
0: just what are the chances they wouldn't be doing that all the same time just randomly
1: uh yeah <clears throat> now vegas has shootings like every weekend i mean not as bad as chicago but vegas does have its bad neighborhoods and seedy visit visitors from out of town most of the worst ones are from los angeles but that's just the way it goes um uh, but nothing like this. This was definitely a coordinated military attack on Las Vegas, which brings up the question, who hates Las Vegas enough to do that, and what was their motive? And whenever that question comes up, the first name that pops up is Mossad. Now let me elaborate on that. Uh, As much as I've picked on Mossad, in instances in the past, I'm almost willing to cut him some slack on this one, and here's why. Uh, Knowing what I know a lot about Las Vegas, there is a lot of Jewish money invested in Las Vegas. So much so, I'm going to pull some random numbers out of the sky. I have no verification for this. This is just a gut-feeling set of numbers I'm going to throw at you. I have a feeling the profits coming out of Las Vegas are probably equal to or greater than the amount of federal aid the U.S. government gives Israel every year. I would not be surprised to see that much money coming out of just ownership in the hotels in Vegas
2: Hmm.
1: is also feeding Israel. Uh, One of my friends who lives over there, at one time lived in Henderson, and he said uh, he learned when he lived there that, that one of his, his neighbors was one of the original founders in the United Nations that wrote the original documents to start the state of Israel. So you have retired high-level Jews <laughs> from that era living in Henderson. Henderson is on the southwest edge of uh, of Las Vegas. So you have that much Jewish control in that town and and heavy investment. That's why I find it highly suspicious that Mossad would ever coordinate something this hideous at Las Vegas. Now, one report, one retort that might come back is, well, but they shot up a bunch of conservative Christians. And Jews are all liberal and they hate Christians. No, they don't hate Christian money. Uh, Christians are the main people visiting Israel.
0: Not only that, but think of it this way: how many people are going to want to go to Vegas on their vacation or their fun getaway right now? That's yeah. going to last a while, where they're not going to want to go there.
1: Precisely. So they,
0: it would hurt their business badly to have I, that be feeling like a dangerous place to be.
1: That, that's that's obvious. Yeah. And so I cannot believe. I don't think that. As as stupid and hyper Zionist militant idiot that Netanyahu is, I can't believe he's stupid enough to kill his own golden goose. And that's I what Las Vegas that. is. Yep. Uh
0: one thing they don't want to do is stop that money flow.
1: Yeah. So uh
0: Well what about if it's just that it's as that they wanted a place where there were huge crowds of people and it didn't really matter where.
1: Well, now we simply have to go back to the same uh, forecast we've heard since 9-11. Oh, the next event is going to be whatever, the biggest tower in Chicago. Well, that hasn't been hit yet.
0: Well, they keep saying they want more numbers. They want a bigger thing. They want something better than the last time, bigger than the last time, whatever. And that's why they always get scared at Olympics time is because there's so many people around it isn't really an attack because there's Olympics. It's just that there's a huge crowd, and it's a good opportunity. That's what I was wondering, if that's what you think it might be, is an opportunity Oh uh, because of the possible. crowds. And the vantage point would be, look how simple it is. You just get up high over the top of somebody, and then you can see everybody.
3: Well,
1: that, I mean, my that's...
0: gosh, what are we going to do, live inside the rest of our life because everybody's too scared to go outside? Really crazy. The, uh,
1: the suspicious minds of of we all right people, alt right people, uh, has been afraid that somebody would get their hands on a nuke and set that off in a big city. I know that story was going around ever since 2001, and they start with well the tallest tower in Chicago, and then. And then just for the sake of, of glitz, glamour, and like you say, large numbers of people, Las Vegas ended up on one list I remember seeing over past years. But the thing they that the the pundits were were fearing most was was a big bomb being set off. Um, thank God that hasn't happened. Uh, but I know I just kind of had a a queasy feeling whenever I'm over at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, I'm attending. <laughs> I love attending shows there. I get so much beautiful stuff on display.
3: But uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center is well enormous is an, is an understatement. Oh. Hmm. Uh,
0: I can imagine it's pretty gigantic. It's it's the kind of thing that people that live in cities love. They love something cavernous, we would call it, probably.
1: The the convention building known as the South Hall, they've got the North Hall, the Central Hall, and the South Hall. The South Hall is the biggest. It's two stories, and each story, as far as I can guess, is larger than a Super Walmart. Each story. So you spend two or three hours browsing through one level. Okay, I just finished Super Walmart number one. Now I'll go up the escalator to Super Walmart number two and start at one end and (laughs) and wind my way to the other. And that's about four hours if you don't stop and talk to anybody. All you're doing is just walking back and forth looking at what's on display. Uh, that that building is just gargantuan. Ginormous, I think, is another phrase I'm hearing on the internet. Yeah. Uh, uh, the central hall is not quite as big, but it's still... <laughs> it's just a little less than a super Walmart size, and, uh, and same with the north hall. Uh, both of them will we'll take you over an hour to, to wind through the booths to uh, to go through. So, uh, what, the last time I was at Vegas, I think I had to spend two and a half days there to, to catch all the stuff that I wanted to, because I was stopping and talking to a lot of people. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, fear of, of some kind of a heavy bomb going off has been the biggest fear, and I hadn't really considered a a mass military attack like this, and this was definitely a military attack, weaponry that you just don't get at a pawn shop.
0: It's sad that people have to think about that stuff or even be concerned one way or the other. I don't know why these people seem to get off on putting people into fear. You know, it's just a, a sickness they have, I guess.
3: Yeah.
2: Really too um, bad.
1: Oh, I just remembered. Uh, here I go. I'm <laughs> t- take it away for a few minutes. i got to look up a video clip to get posted here. It's, uh, okay. Well,
0: Valiam was talking about um, in the chat, I was saying to her that chicken and eggs, um, I think, were giving me pain in my joints. And the acid that I was saying... It says on um, a search online, arachidonic acid. It's an omega-6 fatty acid involved in the body's inflammatory response. And I've been trying to figure out what's in my food that's making me feel pain in my joints. And I've tried all kinds of different things, taking it out and trying to figure out what it is because most of the stuff, I eat the same things I've eaten all my life. And... uh, Never never thought about chicken and eggs at all. And when I took, you know, I ate chicken the other night. I made a nice big chicken pie, which I like, and ate quite a bit of it because I was hungry. And I was so in so much pain later that night. I thought, it's got to be something that I just ate. So is it carrots and peas? I don't think so because that was in it. It was biscuit mix on the top and just Campbell's chicken, you know, cream of chicken soup and chicken. That's all that was in it. So I started thinking, well, is chicken inflammatory? So I started looking it up. And here's this acid that's in eggs and chicken. And I eat chicken and eggs a lot. I mean, like several times a week. So I stopped eating eggs like the next day. And I haven't had any chicken. And I have not had pain in my joints. And seriously, it's been like three days now. I haven't had pain in my joints. And I was having so much pain in my joints that I was having a hard time walking up and down stairs, things like that. Here. So I'm just throwing that out there for anybody that's got pain in their joints to try getting rid of eggs and chicken and see if you feel better because it was so dramatically different. And we'll see if it holds because sometimes your body tells you, oh, that's cool. And then a week later, you're right back where you started. You think, what the heck? Going
1: well, through anyway, a that's tight my... budget month, and I'm living on eggs right now. Well, so. that's
0: what we were doing. I mean, you think about it. You, If you have eggs in the house and you can't get to the store or you don't have any money to go grocery shopping that day, you can just make some scrambled eggs or something. I mean, we ate a lot of eggs. We'd have, like, egg salad sandwiches, uh, hard-boiled eggs. My boyfriend likes pickled eggs, so he would make them. And, uh, you know, if I went to, like, the Asian buffet or something, I would get hard-boiled eggs and eat them because I like them. I would just eat a half of one, but still. Yeah. If you're having a continuous, you know, every day or two, you're eating whatever it is that has this omega-6 acid, it's saying, um, and nothing to counteract it, then (coughs) it would be something that you wouldn't even notice until you started to feel it. So I don't know. I do have a lot of friends right now that don't understand why they're having pain, though. And I know we're getting older, but this is ridiculous. It's like, Then if, if we're just getting older and that's what it is, It should be there all the time, and it's not. It's there sometimes just enough to drive you crazy while you try to figure out why, and then other days not there. So I figured it had to be something I'm eating. And I've tried, you know, doing away with having bread or doing away with having one thing or another. I was on the thing uh, for a while thinking it might be nickel allergy because there's nickel in certain foods. And I tried eliminating some of those, and it didn't seem to really make much difference. And then this thing with the, you know, because I'd only had that one thing to eat, I didn't have to think about five other things. It was just the things I had just eaten. And I said, you know, I haven't tried not eating chicken <laughs> or eggs. And um, wow. it was amazing. We were When we were at camp yesterday, I was walking around like I was 45 years old instead of 66 years old. I felt so much more flexible and no no pain in my joints and I thought this is cool. <sighs> I've even I've even suspected coffee because I'm a big coffee drinker, but
1: well, same it here. didn't
0: seem to make much difference either. I mean I can if I'm nervous or or feeling kind of off or my coffee doesn't taste right because I've had too much of it. If I go without it for half a day or a couple days, it tastes better and I. I do notice a difference, but this made a big difference really quick. Valam says it's the stuff they they feed them and the hormones and stuff, and that's probably true too. But eggs aren't chickens, <laughs> so yeah. that acid is also in the eggs themselves. Yeah. So you know, well. maybe just eat less of them
1: this this leads over to the vegetarian argument that wants to blame everything on on meat and dairy and dairy yep. includes chicken and eggs uh but uh oh moderation is what i have to keep coming back to and
3: uh yeah we
2: just yeah i've what, seen that uh,
0: cheese is the, cheese supposedly has an inflammation aspect to it too yeah. And I'm like, man, I love cheese. I eat cheese all the time. So I'm probably just like giving myself all kinds of issues just from, <laughs> exactly. just from the stuff that I like. But, but
1: There's there's a lot of stories out there of, of people in, in horrible cancerous con- conditions with big goiters and whatnot, and, and if they're forced to go on a total veg- veggie diet, they lose all their problems and well,
0: yeah, that, I knew that, that people generally feel better if they get the meat and stuff out of their diet. But,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, I have to have protein. I am one of those people that if I don't eat protein, I'm going to pass out. I, You know, I don't know who these people are that can live on a salad and, <laughs> and still function. Oh,
1: I have I no know. strength
0: or anything else if I don't eat meat. I have to have meat.
1: so I know. And...
0: So what way other my, protein is there? You know?
1: the, the way my dad raised me for chef cooking in the kitchen is a salad's not a salad without a dollop of cottage cheese in the middle of it. <laughs>
0: so. I eat cottage cheese as the dressing. I don't mix it in, but I always have cottage cheese with salad greens, and I don't. don't put dressing on it. I prefer cottage cheese with it. Yeah. Um, You know, like if I go make a salad at a salad bar, I'll put cottage cheese next to it. But I also usually take a half of a hard-cooked egg, which is usually there. So I I eat eggs to get the protein in, and here I am, like, trying to figure out what the heck is making my joints hurt so bad. And the minute I don't eat the eggs, it goes away. I've eaten eggs all my life. It's like, are you kidding me? (laughs)
2: You
0: know? But we'll see. It may not last. It could be a fluke. But for now, I'm saying the last two or three days, my joints have felt a lot better. So, well, Which thank is,
1: you for letting know, me know. That's I like chicken.
0: Trying. I like chicken too. Darn it.
1: But well, I've I've kind of been shifting over to eating more turkey than chicken. Late. Turkey
0: doesn't have as much of this acid, apparently, because I saw a list of it. I thought, what else then? You know, what else? So I looked, and turkey was down the list. So okay. I'm going to try turkey instead and see if I can tolerate that.
1: Except the only problem with turkey is it does have tryptophan in it. <laughs> and oh, you want to take a nap. You've had a <laughs> <Yeah. sandwich. laughs>
0: you can't win. Let's just so, not even eat at all,
1: right? I know. This is terrible when when you start Picking everything—it's—it's it's, well, what's left? Um, chewing on a I stalk of celery.
0: Most of the day today, I was completely fine, and I hardly ate anything. I had toast with peanut butter on it this morning. Didn't eat lunch. Felt great. Went to the store, bought a few things. Came home. I started to get hungry. It was like three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd been up since like nine o'clock this morning. I mean, how could I not eat all day? I did just didn't think of it, and it didn't really want to eat anything. But I felt so much better. It's like, well, if I don't eat and I feel better, maybe I should just not eat at all. But, you know, I know I can't do that either because all of a sudden I'll be, like, starving and faint. So I have to have something in my system.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I hear you. The, trying to find something that, that keeps you going and uh, and doesn't kill you in the process is a, a difficult choice that's
0: a nice sideline it doesn't kill you in the process because everything that everything you like they tell you you can't eat that that's not good for you for this reason or this reason well my mother always said you're not going to go wrong if you eat a balanced diet and just have moderation everything in moderation and i believe that too completely anything you want as long as you don't have a lot of it
1: agreed totally agree you know with that uh, back on your bread comment, uh, yeah, I may have said this in a previous show. It's just worth mentioning again: is uh, more studies are showing that it was the use of glyphosate out in the wheat fields that was mm, contaminating yeah. wheat, Roundup. Exactly, and that yeah. the uh, the uh, supposed gluten allergy that everybody's popping up with now is actually a glyphosate allergy, and it was it was not bread at all. Well, going through the store, I'm used to buying the cheap two, three dollar loaf bread, and so I, I'm i walking down the aisle, and I, I see a nice uh, non-GMO, all-organic ingredient uh sourdough bread, and, and oh, wow, that sounded delicious, and I bought it, and boy, was it delicious. What? Uh, <laughs> Since I started that about six months ago, I've been putting on weight. (laughs) So it's it's one or the other. Uh, But that type of bread tastes so much different than than the cheap, even the cheap whole wheat bread has problems.
0: It's not Uh, even like bread anymore. Some of that stuff you eat and it's like sponge. It's like this isn't really food. Something is wrong with this because you shouldn't be biting on something that just kind of squishes together and becomes like sponge. Yeah. That's not bread. Bread doesn't do that. Bread breaks. It also dries and crumbles, and this stuff doesn't. It just sort of like lays there until it's stale, and then you throw it away, sort of like McDonald's hamburger buns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Homemade bread is so good compared to that. And it's not that hard to make it with a bread machine. I haven't done it lately, so I'm one to talk. but I used to make I used to put bread on every night before I went to bed while we were letting the dog out and stuff. It took two seconds to put it together. Put it on, put the timer on, and wake up in the morning to the smell of fresh bread it was unbelievable. I need to do it again. It's not that hard. You just put all your like yeah. stuff in. you know you put all your cups and your teaspoons and everything right in the the things you're making with it so that you don't have to go digging everything out of the cupboards. You just scoop it in, throw it in, set the timer, and oh, um, you get used to what you're putting in there. And You don't even have to measure it anymore because you already know, two scoops of this and a teaspoon of that and butter. and well, And you God. know you're not getting all that other stuff unless it's in the flour. If it's in the flour, then you're still going to get some of it, but you're not going to have ingredients that take a whole paragraph to write on the on the bread wrapper. <laughs> and then it tells you, oh, and also we added soy to this. It's like, soy, we're not supposed to have soy, especially if we've ever had any cancers. We're not supposed to have soy. So, of course, it's in everything because they want to kill us off. Yeah. So.
1: You just remind. It's me.
0: hard to find bread. You try to find bread right now that doesn't have soy in it
1: reminded me about homemade bread my uh my missionary uncle whenever he visited he had a, a recipe for homemade bread that was fantastic i mm. have no idea what his flavoring was in it but he uh he baked it in in old v8 cans <laughs> the, the v8 <laughs> yeah. cocktail juice that that v8 came in yeah uh, which is what about one or maybe two quart size i forget the size of it but uh but it was perfect size for bread loaves, so he he always had bread loaves that had kind of a funny shape to them as it would rise out of the top of the can. But, boy, that was delicious.
0: Probably Uh, molasses or something like that. He was probably making anadama bread, which is delicious. That has molasses in it. Really good.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe it could have been. Uh, Before I forget, I posted a link. It's before it scrolls off the screen on the top there is titled Very Good Interview to to Vegas Residents. Uh, I love it when when you hear a couple of extremely intelligent people just coming from an area you never looked at before. And these are two, I think one is a nurse and the other is a doctor, but really intelligent ladies who are up to speed on everything Able Danger talks about and you name it, uh going over the, the Vegas shooting and they bring up another possibility uh as to who benefits and they bring up the BLM aspect and the fact that uh uh what, Pete Santelli is still on trial over there.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And uh let's see the the other related trial that hung was uh hung because uh one lady had had a traumatic experience with uh, a gun shoved in her face when she was a young child, and she would just not change her opinion on anybody who carries a gun is automatically a bad guy. Now, that's something that should have been weeded out in the jury interview, but it wasn't until she got placed on the jury. Yeah. Uh, and that caused a hung jury, so uh, these two ladies mentioned that Maybe the strategy of the prosecutor is let's, as as next week they will be choosing the next jury, well, let's just make sure Las, everybody in Las Vegas is traumatically affected by guns. Yeah. So that's their theory. And there's value to that theory. I'll throw that on the stack along with Fields' issue of new government money. I don't know. Uh, they're all strong points. I'm not really ready to jump on either of those bandwagons myself. I I think there's got to be a higher, more, more malicious reason because it's not just a matter of hiring a couple of thugs to go out and commit a crime for you. This was a coordinated military attack, and there's a big difference. Those things take time to plan.
0: Yeah, they have they have everything planned down to the minute of where people are going to be. Yeah. But there were people there, and they must have seen things. I mean, there it's not like you could do that without anyone noticing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, getting back to, I'm sure all of us have watched various clips. So one I heard was from the uh, uh, Michael Savage show. Uh, a lady who was one of the uh, victims. I uh, was able to get to a phone and, and call in and she gave the just really makes you nervous story that uh from the her position in the crowd as they only had one escape route. Everything else were tall fences. Uh they were just trying to keep freeloaders out, I think is the reason. Yeah. So I I don't think that was anything malicious. Uh, it's just that there was only one exit, and so as they were trying to work their way toward that, uh, she, she had reason to, she and she said the lady standing right next to her both had reason to turn away from looking at the hotel to the west, and they were both looking south, away from the hotel and as both of them were looking the same direction, the lady standing right next to her took a bullet shot right in the middle of her stomach. Oh. Wow! And she said, that's logistically impossible. If that was bullet fire coming from the hotel, it would have hit her on the right side, not the middle of her stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, And she said, that gunfire was close. It was not coming from across the street. So this is an eyewitness that said there was. So there,
0: they that sounds like the same that some other people were saying is that they um there there were shooters right there right on the ground with them
1: walking through the crowd.
0: Yeah yeah.
1: Now stop and think how scary that is. Yeah. If a guy walks up to you with a machine gun, and of course the skeptics are going to say, well, uh, why didn't anybody jump him or why did. Why aren't there yeah. other witnesses of, of seeing somebody walking through the crowd? Well, it's because it's as simple as this. We're talking about psychopaths here. Yeah. If the guy makes eye contact with you, he shoots you and makes sure you're dead. Who's going to bother to take eye contact with this guy? And, of course, nobody in the concert was armed. You couldn't pull out your own weapon and, and shoot him. Yeah. Even if you did see somebody walking through the crowd with now this would be smaller caliber weapon I think although she gave the impression this was the lower sounding gun and I'm thinking my gracious that guy had to be built like Arnold Schwarzenegger to hold an M sixty if if that was the case. But uh 'cause the the pictures posted on rents and whatever the M sixty is a really big gun. And I don't even know if it's possible to hand-hold that thing. I would think the recoil would, would knock you off your feet. Uh, again, Desert Pete is no gun expert. I haven't shot a gun since I was a teenager, and I think that was a pellet gun. So, uh, But we're we're all having to learn about weapons with, with this incident here. But, but Someone no, I know
0: is gone. She joined the NRA, and she's going to take gun lessons. She does that she decided yesterday and it's somebody who um she's like retired she's an older lady and she just said i never shot guns i grew up in a city she grew up in philadelphia and she said and i take the um constitution seriously and our rights as americans and i'm going to go learn how to handle a gun so that i know that i'm protected that's what she said you should have seen the people come out of the woodwork. She said she lost all kinds of friends on Facebook. She said, I don't even know who they were. They just disappeared. Yeah. But that's how people feel about it in general up here, unless they're, you know, unless they're, they want gun confiscation, which is, you know, something that is not going to happen. I don't believe it'll ever yeah. happen. I don't see how they could do it. There's like, what do they say, 500 million guns or something in the United States? They're not. People aren't going to disarm themselves because you'd never get all of them. And the people that would have them are going to be the criminals. They're not going to be the good people that will help come to your rescue or help you out. They're going to be the criminals. So.
1: Well, the the legends are still out there. I can never remember the name of the town or even the state that it was in. But but there have been small communities that passed laws mandating everyone to be armed. They town. had that in
0: Vermont for a while, I believe, or tried to.
1: Yeah, and that every, people had to
0: have. Yeah.
1: And crime dropped to zero.
0: Yeah, because who's gonna? They'll take the easy target.
1: That's it. They're not
0: gonna come and fight people for the, you know, Grammys jewelry or whatever. But, you know, you go breaking into someone's house. You're not gonna do that in Texas. You're not gonna just walk in someone's house in Texas. Those people will shoot you down there if you walk through their yard.
1: Yeah. Or, they or are Arizona. very
0: defensive.
1: Again, They're well, like
0: that in Arizona, too?
1: Uh, When I visited Tombstone, Arizona, that was the biggest shocker I'd had after living 25 years in Los Angeles where nobody has a gun, or if you own one, you you keep it in a closet and you never show it to anybody. Uh, yeah. Tombstone, Arizona, everybody had a sidearm. And it wasn't a little pea shooter. It was a big forty five. Have you ever lifted a forty five handgun? I don't know. They weigh about Not eight sure. pounds. It's like lifting a rifle, but shaped like a handgun. Huh. you got to have a strong arm just to get that thing out of your holster. And that's what people were lugging in Tombstone, Arizona. You walk into any... Ice cream store or anything, and everybody's got a sidearm hanging there. Oh, uh, that that was just <laughs> a surprising environment to 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 a an L.A. resident. And like I say, for about twenty five years before I, I stepped back into to good old Wild West uh, environment there.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I don't think there's many holdups in Tombstone, Arizona either. Uh, just the legend of of old Wild West stuff. Uh, so many other things I wanted to talk about here, and I'm trying to remember all the different clips I've seen. Yeah, I mentioned the Michael Savage thing, and, and these, uh, yeah, that, that YouTube clip, i got to recommend everybody, bookmark that, and, and watch it when, when you get a chance, because uh, that that was powerful. Uh, they went into, uh, oh, the skeptics saying that, oh, not enough blood, and, and uh, and no proof of, of victims and whatever and and this nurse just really jumped on that and said it's making me sick to hear that uh and she started rattling off friends who were at the concert and uh and witnessed it all as well as uh with her medical uh ties to the hospital of all the hospitals and and all the the war zone victims that they had to process through there. Uh, she said that that's foolish to to start a... The, the old uh, uh, oh, it's just a hoax uh, uh, story. This was not a hoax. That that was well.
0: Stuff. The thing is that parts of it could be true and the rest of it not true. It's it doesn't have to be all or nothing.
2: Well, that's
0: part. I mean, that's why people say, well, that's ridiculous because look at this, 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 and this. But you're saying, but yeah, but look at this. Look at building seven, for example. I mean, yeah, there may have been something that happened over here that they could prove, but look at the passports laying in the street that aren't burnt.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I'm sure that people died there.
1: It's well, just... there's, there's also the factor of the, the poison-the-well stories, where somebody comes up with something that really is outlandish, and huh. hammers away at it, and no, it ends up being one of a few crisis actors in town. Oh, Abel Danger, somebody posted a clip today, I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have it on this computer to post tonight. But uh, at the same time, I guess during the day or the day before—let's see—the concert was Sunday night, so it would have been the day before. There was a uh, shooter drill.
0: No, uh, oh, come happened. on! I mean, really, come that on! That happened
1: just down in Boulder City. Now that's oh, just a
0: drill. So they yeah. know how to handle
1: it, right? And that was over on the far east. Boulder City is on the far east side of Las Vegas, over toward the river. Uh, and, yeah, the, the, the local Channel 8 news reporter was out there saying that, well, just in case we have a, a session, blah, 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 the usual PR yeah. story, and you see cops running around. And there you really did see hired Craigslist crisis actors acting like, oh, we've got a shooting going on. We have to run this way and whatever. So going back to this interview with the, of the doctor and the nurse here, they mentioned, yeah, they did find some uh, Craigslist ads looking for crisis actors. Well, that was the situation that the crisis actors were used at, was that uh, shooter drill down in Boulder City. Uh, uh,
0: well, the, I mean, that that is one of the things they do. They have a drill that goes live. Yeah. Sandy Hook was a drill. Yep. The Boston Marathon, they told the people at the beginning of the race, don't be alarmed if you hear anything because we're doing a drill today. Yep. Oh, my gosh. That's,
1: that's just... the modus operandi of, of yeah. whoever these characters in government are.
0: I've told people before, if you ever hear they're doing a drill anywhere, get as far away as possible.
1: Yeah. I I sure believe that one.
0: Yeah, they do them here. They do them here, but usually they don't tell us ahead of time. They do them here once in a while with the airport, as far as a mass casualty event, what they would do and who would go where. And they have—they do have crisis actors. They have people that go out there, and this is your assignment. You're to be somebody who has a grievous, you know, abdominal injury or something. You know, you're a person that's going to be bleeding from the head, and they'll tell them what they're what their part is that they're supposed to play. So, um, it's just, you know, it is. It's how they do it.
3: I don't know how long it's going to
1: take for Vegas to survive, if it ever does. And just getting back to the, the the Mossad discussion is, if Mossad was involved in any way, shape, or form, they just killed their own golden goose. Yeah, and that's going to hurt Jewish investors from around the world. Uh, cause I've
0: yeah, somebody had said to me one time, "There, are some of the safest places are to be around casinos, is because that house is going to make sure that you feel comfortable there, that you have no worries whatsoever, and that you'll open up your wallet. They don't want you feeling like somebody's, you know, going to bother you or." do anything to you, rob you, or anything else. They make you feel completely safe and taken care of.
1: Well, uh, I think somebody else uh, termed it that uh, when you walk into a casino, you're walking into several banks in one location because you've got all this money laying out on tables everywhere or being fed into slot machines or or you go over to the right window and they exchange it for chips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are $100 chips, and you have a pocket full of those things. you you got some money you can sw- <laughs> exchange uh, before you leave. Uh, so when you're walking into a, a casino, it's going to have the same security on the floor as a bank would, uh, which now raises the big question, what went wrong at Mandalay Bay? There's stories of anywhere from 20 to over 40 guns up in his room, how would a 64-year-old guy get that much weight up to the room, and allegedly had 4,000 rounds of ammunition? That's lead. That's not going to be light either. How do you get that much weight up to your room without multiple assistance? So uh, a lot yeah, of... it
0: stretches your imagination. That's for sure.
1: Uh, Jeff Rents found somebody who worked there and made the claim that there were 120. Muslim employees at the Mandel- Mandalay Bay. Uh, that could have been a serious security leak right there. Uh, but now we're broad-brushing Muslims again. How many Muslims are really fanatical? I don't know. Uh, I like think I mentioned before, I I was desperate to get to the next town when my car was broken down about a year ago, and I I walked... Down to a gas station a mile away, and and said, "Do you have a uh, a public chat board or something where anybody is posted that they'll give rides over to Ridgecrest for for money or something?" And as I'm asking that question, a least stranger I never met in my life, standing right next to me, said, "Oh, you're you going over to Ridgecrest?" I said, "Yeah, my car's broken down. I need to get over there and get some banking done." He says so he was going, he was heading over there himself, so he'd give me a ride. So, fine, thank you. So I get in the car, and, hi, my na- my name is whatever, and, and what's your name? Mohammed.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> thinking, what did I just agree to? But he was a nice guy. He was a great guy. Yeah. We started talking about the history of Egypt and whatever. So it was a fascinating conversation on that trip. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to broad brush Muslims. Uh, it's like I don't don't broad brush Jews as a race, it's it's all their religion that I
3: I have issues with. But uh but anyway, that's a topic for another another night. Um
1: so uh yeah Desert Pete's business is in Las Vegas. Uh got a lot of ties there, but I think we're all still confused as to who Really hated the people of Las Vegas that much to organize a military attack on completely innocent people um, and it was not an attack on the government of Las Vegas because let's not forget the b l m trial is still going on there so if a if a real right wing Radical militia group was angry at the government of Clark County. They would have attacked the courthouse over there in- Co- in Clark County. No, they attacked an outdoor concert by by conservative <laughs> by young conservatives, large percentage white uh, and that's who and got they killed. don't even know
0: that to be the case. There are people that are not conservative that like country western music. True. They made a they made a guess if they were saying that because it's very popular. Country Western's popular. It's not popular just with a certain political party. Oh, exactly. yeah. Uh, people eat. in the south love it. Especially people up here love it pretty much too, but I mean down south they love it. They're not all republicans down there. Yeah. They have Democrats in the South.
1: I'm sorry to say I'm not familiar with the artist that was performing that night. Jason
0: Aldean? Right. He was up here, I think, this summer, too. He's he's pretty popular right now. I don't know any of his songs or anything because I don't really follow that anymore. I used to. My dad used to be a, well, they didn't call them DJs back then. They called them announcers. He was an announcer, and he had a show that was that was based around that that type of music but the original kind, what they called hillbilly and uh country. And then it kinda changed as it went along to become more like rock. But yeah, we, we had that. We had that growing up. We had that in our background. <laughs> my dad and his oh my gosh.
1: Well it's he had his
0: own it's show. Great.
1: <laughs> Great music to tap your foot to when you're on long drives, especially across the desert <laughs> to be
0: to it was be really interesting stuff he had he had demo records and things like that from the station. We used to sit and play them and but I don't even know how he happened to develop that. I think because he was in Wheeling West Virginia for a while, going to school, and he thought that that was a nice thing to do. I guess I don't know where else he would have come across that particular kind of music or you know had an interest in it so it must have been when he was there because he he was um he knew the people at the radio station in wheeling west virginia which is where a lot of it the stuff was based back then he had pictures of people that worked there and everything so he must have worked at that station anyway he took that with him he did it in other places. He had a show in Bangor for a while when back in the, I don't know, early 40s maybe, before he went to World War II and um, never really came back here. It's funny that I'm here and my father lived here a lot earlier. It's kind of funny because his family wasn't from here. They lived here for a brief time when he was a little kid and then he was here and had a radio show like, like I said, at the beginning of the 40s, and then left to go to the war. And when he came back, he was in Vermont, and that's where he met my mother, and that's where I was born. And then we went to Maryland, and that's where my sister was born. <laughs> and then we went to Northern Maine. So we went around because of that. We, we moved to different places because of broadcasting. But he didn't do that show the whole time. He did other kinds of things, too. He had an easy listening show that he used to do and he was a transmitter technician and a civil defense radio guy. He did all kinds of stuff that related to radio. Taught licensing. So, grew up around it. All of that strange stuff. The world sure changed, hasn't it? I tell
3: you, it's... it's... It's beyond
1: sobering when
2: you
1: you go to bed Sunday night thinking, well, it's going to be the same old problems and the Democrats are going to be picking nits with, with Trump in the morning and whatever, but you turn on the news and you realize, good grief, the street I have driven on in Las Vegas just had military weapon fire going back and forth across that street. Well, actually, no weapons coming from the concert, but it was military machine gun bullets going from the hotel into a crowd of people. Yeah. And that's a street I've driven on more than yep. once.
0: I figured you'd have a
1: strong uh, feeling
0: about what what happened based on that.
1: Yeah, if if you're taking the scenic route through town, <laughs> if if you get all your business done, it's it's fun to to take Las Vegas Boulevard down to the south end of the Strip and then get on the freeway there to head on to L.A. and the long trip across the desert. Uh, so it's it's kind of fun, uh, especially on a weekend night, uh, uh, summer night especially, to just roll the window down and, and absorb the atmosphere. Uh, and, oh, like driving by the Bellagio with their huge fountains out there, and Bellagio has this enormous sound system. So it doesn't matter how noisy the fountains are, you're hearing this gorgeous symphonic music over everything. Uh, and it's it's just a, a really nice environment.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, people go out there and they go multiple times. It's not like they just go once. They usually go, I'm going back, I'm going back. Can't wait to go back. Yeah. And they have a good time out there.
1: Well, it's, it's just pleasant entertainment all over town. And, and this is coming from a... From a guy raised Baptist who, who doesn't gamble and doesn't drink alcohol, but it's still a fun town to to entertain even Baptists in. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with this and that, and the selection of restaurants beyond description, any style imaginable is there in that town. It's it, you got a selection of restaurants that you would have in Los Angeles, or are, are, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's over in in Vegas. And. Uh, And it's not just the glitzy restaurants you have to stand in line for for reservations and such. There's smaller restaurants all around town to just walk right in and sit down and order a gourmet meal. Uh, So, great place to to gain weight. Uh, But you can even find healthy food over there, too. So, uh, so it's just just so many things I liked about, about Las Vegas. And what demented psychopath chose to do a military attack on that town. It makes no sense at all.
0: I don't think it's true. That's probably why it doesn't make sense. I don't think that one guy went and did that.
1: Well,
2: I don't it's, either.
0: It's got well, to be that it was a group and that they were coordinated and that they planned it and it was for some some agenda they had. And so that would make it really likely that Chertoff has something to do with it because scanners and all that stuff everywhere you know or the gun confiscation people because they say look now we have to do something about this cuz look we're not safe we won't be safe anyway that's the whole point we won't be safe anyway cuz Crazy people can get guns, and so can people who are rogue elements in our own government can get guns, for sure. They're making them. So all of the talk that they're even wasting time on is ridiculous because it's not going to change anything. And even if it was possible to take every gun off every person in the United States, somebody would fly in with some or something, or they just find another way to wipe out people because they've got some kind of sick thing going on that some of it we see glimpses of, but we don't really know what the heck their motive is. I mean, their reason is. Um, we don't have control over that. We really don't. I mean, we can live our life hiding, but what good is that going to do? Yeah.
1: Uh, we can hide in,
0: out. In like,
1: this This is so much... You'll,
0: I'm not going to worry about it. The old I'm phrase, shooting not. fish
1: in a barrel. This is shooting fish in a barrel without the water in it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, sick.
1: He didn't even These have are people aim. that are
0: innocent. They're just they are having fun at a concert, and some idiot decides this is a good time to start picking people off.
1: And I, I would venture to guess 90% <sighs> oh. of the people in that audience believe in the Second Amendment, and they would have had a weapon with them if they were given that option. But, well, the
0: best the best attacks they have are in the gun-free zones.
1: But they were herded <laughs> into a corral Yeah. with a sniper's nest 30 stories above them. If everybody in that concert had a handgun, what could they do? Try shooting back at the hotel? Yeah, now you're going to kill some innocent member, uh, they residents. They couldn't
0: shoot that far with a handgun anyway.
1: That's true, but, I mean, even if a volley of people were, were shooting at the right angle that the that a bullet might actually reach across the street, uh, you're going to end up hitting innocent people over at the hotel because, uh, well, that was one of the popular videos we saw, was a cab driver parked at the entrance of the Mandalay Bay waiting for, for customers. She was in the, the taxi cab line, and she heard something, and she fired up her... Uh, Uh, her smart uh, phone uh, uh, video, and that's where you, first off, hear close range automatic weapon fire right over her head. That's where the fourth story story comes in, is from what she heard that close. And then you heard distant fire of other guns going off from somewhere else. Uh, If Everybody had a handgun over at the concert, and they all fired over there. Well, they would have hit this ca- taxi cab driver who was just innocently sitting there. So, you know, this is a, a military assault. Is, if I've got to make any one point tonight, this was not a lone gunman nutcase. This was a milita- military assault using weapons that no Second Right Amendment guy could get their hands on if they wanted to. And in that situation, I'm sorry to say, handguns aren't going to do you any good. Uh, So now we're up into how high are we going to escalate this thing for personal safety? Uh, The hotel screwed up royally by allowing that stuff to get up there in the first place. Uh, And that had to be an inside job to allow that much weaponry, military weaponry, to get up to that floor. That had to be an inside job. That's not a case, of, a matter of just hiding it in in your suitcase. Uh, so there's that's that's got to get investigated. And the disgusting thing is the the first time you see law enforcement uh, make a, a public statement on TV while you're seeing the sheriff making the comment, but who's standing right behind him? FBI. What is the FBI good for? All they've done is hit, hide evidence ever since JFK. Has, has FBI ever cracked a case in the last 50 years?
0: I think they cover up cases. They probably create cases as well.
1: That's so. Yeah, that, that's all they do. Um, and so if, if FBI is already involved, uh, there's going to be a lot of whitewashing. And nobody's going to take a look at uh, every one of the Mandalay Bay members to see who let the guys through in the first place. And Jeff Rents is claiming that his contact at, at Mandalay Bay says they already have metal detectors at every door and... I guess at major entrances, they also have backscatter x-ray installed in the wall. They don't even tell you you're being x-rayed. The expression was, they know how much change you have in your pocket when you walk through their door.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised a bit. bet.
1: Uh, well, if, if Mandalay Bay was already equipped with security like that, how did this happen? I know. It had to be an inside job. And what what demented moron allowed this to happen?
0: Well, in the chat they're saying the owner was in on it. I think the owner would have to be in on it. Because how would they not know? Well, they look at everything that's going on from every got, angle.
1: It got pointed out that the CEO of Mandalay Bay shorted his own stock. He either shorted it or he unloaded it. I forget which of the records correct term was, uh, just a week or two before this happened.
0: Ah, he doesn't need his building down or anything, does he? he? Hasn't got any asbestos issues or, like, wants to remodel.
1: Well, no, because Mandalay Bay is one of the newer hotels on the Strip. Oh, okay. And it's also one of the high-end hotels. Oh, I'll tell you one two things they got in that hotel that we've we've all seen the promos on. Uh, The bar where the lady gets hooked up on a crane and they've got wine shelves that are like two stories tall and she gets lifted up on this crane to reach a a wine bottle and has to put it into a holder to to bring it back down. Have you seen the Mm -hmm. promos on that? No, but
0: I don't watch television very much
1: either. I'm not
0: sure we'd have them here. Uh so, well
1: it's, it, ads. it would be on on travel ads for go to go to Vegas and it's just a short scene of of a lady up on a, being raised up on a crane and all she's doing is just retrieving a certain vintage wine for a customer. Uh mm-hmm. so they've got that bar uh is one thing. The the other thing you may have seen is the uh Mandalay Bay has the biggest aquarium in uh in Vegas uh stocked with uh Uh, sharks, uh, manta rays, and and all the really exotic saltwater fish. Uh, I think a story started, I'm not sure if it was true, was that they tried to stock it with a great white, (laughs) but it started eating everything else in the tank, so that didn't work out.
0: That makes sense, though, doesn't it? Why Uh, wouldn't it?
1: So uh, a great white is not not the easiest fish to keep in 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 uh, activity in captivity. But uh but yeah, it's 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 such a big aquarium. It's the only aquarium in Vegas that they charge admission to see. Uh, it's uh it's quite an event because they do have a tunnel that you walk through right through the middle of the aquarium so you've got fish swimming overhead and what what not. So uh it's it's an impressive, uh, real impressive hotel. Uh, somebody pointed out there's also some real spooky stuff there, which can be said about uh, uh, the Luxor and and uh, what well, Caesar's Palace allegedly has a, a Church of Satan in the basement. And uh forget what, what oh all the other, other stories are. There's also the legend of, of secret underground tunnels between various hotels. Uh, I think
0: John Lear talked about those before.
1: Yeah, uh, and some of them connecting to the underground high-speed out to Area 51.
0: Yeah, the tubes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I just learned another secret from a uh, uh, a, a geologist friend of mine who lives in Vegas, that there is an unknown uh, underground river that goes under several of the hotels that uh, the hotels are able to tap into for their own water supply, kind of separate from Lake Mead. So uh, that's one of the hidden secrets of Vegas.
0: It's pretty interesting, too. I've never been out there. I've never been that far west. The furthest west I've been is Montana, and it was from coming in from Canada that time. We were tempted, though. We were very tempted to just head right down because we could see the Rockies in the distance and we thought, we're almost at the Rockies. We, we should be able to, like, go down there and, like, scoot over to Colorado and, you know, we were, like, talking about how we were going to do all these other states while we were out there, and then we didn't.
1: So you never got so. to see the Pacific Ocean before it became radioactive?
0: <laughs> I've never seen anything out there. I've not been out west at all. I haven't seen the Grand Canyon. I haven't seen the Pacific Coast or gone to Seattle where my friend lives or gone to California. where I have actually known people in California but didn't see them out there. My aunt and uncle lived in San Diego for a long time. My aunt worked for the city of San Diego. My father's sister, she was out there for years. They were rock people. They liked lapidary or whatever you call it finding rocks and making jewelry out of them and stuff. So they were, they were interesting people. They were from Maine originally, but they ended up out there. Don't ask me how. Maybe went on vacation and liked it, but they were there for years in San Diego. They used to give interesting gifts to us. As kids, they'd bring us jewelry they made and stuff from out there. I don't think I have any of it left, though, unfortunately. I wouldn't have minded having some of that agate and different things they've made. They made me a beautiful agate ring one year. But I think I broke it or lost it.
1: Being born in the Midwest, I was real excited the first time I saw the Pacific Ocean. And
0: uh, I can't imagine living in the middle of the country where you don't see the ocean.
1: And, and no mountains either. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're just surrounded by trees as far as you can see. And, and you
0: yeah, it's like we take trees, it for so. granted. We take our... For granted, we have some of the most beautiful views you've ever seen. <laughs> just driving down the road and you look over and it's like, "Oh wow, that's beautiful. People travel to come up on vacation, and we're thinking most people pay money to come up here, and we could go anytime we want. We could go tomorrow morning and drive down to the ocean if we wanted to get spoiled by it. You really do yeah. some towns but, uh... like um Searsport and um uh what's the other one Searsport and parts of Belfast or whatever, you can you can see people's backyards that back up onto the ocean and they're just, like, run down with with junk in them. <laughs> it's like you people have waterfront property in Maine and you don't even clean your yard up. Well, they, t- they just take it for granted. They grew up there. It doesn't mean anything to them. It's just the ocean is the back border of their property.
1: Believe it or not, that's what you run into in Malibu. Yeah. And with celebrity money coming in, you've got million dollar waterfront property and the building is a dump. You just wonder why hasn't LA Building Code said, bulldoze that thing? It's a piece of trash. Uh, Is my impression of some of those and granted, there, you get a rich enough celebrity who comes in with several million, and they do build a really nice place on the waterfront, but but well, Santa Monica especially, the, those places are all along there. I would want to live in them. Uh, the access off Pacific Coast Boulevard is <laughs> is next to impossible. you got people driving 50 miles an hour, and now you got to make a right turn straight into your driveway that's only one car length long. Uh, that's no fun. Uh, so why people choose to live there is, oh, I got oceanfront property. Well, fine, if, if that's your thing. But, uh, -hmm. doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. Um, but no, if, if you do get the opportunity, California, yeah, the ocean is pretty, anywhere up and down the coast, no particular beach to, to go to, but, uh. But to me, the most impressive thing that I'm I'm glad I got to California just to see this, if nothing else, are the giant redwoods and sequoias up in central and northern California. Because standing next to those things, I tell you, it's just an emotional and and almost a religious experience To, to walk up and touch a tree that was casting shade when Christ was walking the earth. And this thing is still alive. Yeah. Uh, that that's just an awesome thing to encounter. And you look up, and <laughs> well, of course, you, you, no sense going there at night. You won't be able to see anything because they don't have any lights out there in the woods. It's 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 a forest, so there, there's no no lighting at night. So you only go there during the day. And during the day, at the base of those trees. It's like dusk, it's so dark, and you look way up at the top, and yeah, there's bright sunlight, blue sky up there at the top, but that's like 300 feet away.
0: <laughs> yeah, it must be really strange to look at it. Oh. We have some tall trees here, but nothing like that.
1: Yeah, so so that, that is definitely worth a trip to California just to get up and see those things. Oh, so, uh, I'll,
3: I'll play California Tourist Bureau here for, for that one topic. <laughs> Well, having yep. a brother who's worked at Disneyland for, what, going on 40 years now, I guess i got to give a plug to Disneyland,
1: is, <laughs> is entertainment also.
0: So That's where my brother lived for a while, was out there, Anaheim, right?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, he was out there for a while, that's where he lived, his first wife, with his first wife. They got married out there, too. They got married in... Where did they get married? Um... I think they got married in Monterey. Not positive of that. That might have been where they went on their honeymoon. I'm not sure. Because around that time is when we lost track of him for a few years. He kind of drifted apart, falling out with the family, that kind of thing, like some people have. And, um was out of touch for a few years. We didn't know where he was. But that's where he started out. He was out there. So I'm not sure where my niece and nephew were born. They may have been born out there. I'll have to ask sometime. That's the ones that I've reconnected with that are in Texas now. Very strange how people move around and they do things, and when they get together in groups and they talk, there's all kinds of stuff that comes out that is not forgotten and is not electronic, so it can't be just changed and edited. They'll probably give us a flash, like in the science fiction movies, and we won't remember anything. We'll go, what's my name again? Right? But right now we remember. Who am I? And where did I grow up? What was my mother's name? I don't remember anything. But you know the blessing in that would be you wouldn't remember the bad stuff either. You just wouldn't remember anything. You'd have a reset. It'd be like having a reset button. I don't know. It's my imagination again. But I think that's what they always show us in the science fiction movies is that people can have a flash and, and not remember anything. Some type of interruption to the memory.
3: Yeah, that was a classic Hollywood movie.
0: Was it was it one that maybe I saw and forgot?
1: No, oh, <laughs> Men in Black is where the. Uh,
0: oh, they did it on that one. I have seen that movie, so that's probably where I got it.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, uh, if, if you witness a- aliens doing something real weird, they uh, say come over here, and they they flash you, and and you completely forget seeing what the aliens just did. So.
0: Yeah, they're done, right?
1: That was the uh, the story on that one
3: yeah that that was certainly another funny premise but uh yeah but you know i'm I'm just <laughs> I hate using the word sober because I never drink uh it's just startling and gives you a more serious thought on life that uh Why would any group hate
1: Las Vegas that much? No, I'm I'm certainly not going to pick on the Patsy. They obviously killed him, and most likely before the shooting even started. Uh, Oh, the history on him. 64 years old, used to work at Lockheed. Well, Desert Pete used to work at Lockheed, and I'm 66.
0: Yeah, I was wondering when I heard that, I went... Could you possibly have been at the same place at the same time?
1: There's a very high likelihood that he and I wow. started at Lockheed about the same time. Now, Lockheed has like 100,000 employees uh, around the world, so the likelihood of, of ever working with a certain person in that <laughs> in that size environment is rather slim.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, I sure don't remember him but uh, I never worked in accounting either.
0: No, and it was a big place, right? Huge.
1: Oh, enormous. Yeah. And and branches all over the place. Uh, Many years later, through the Internet, I ran into somebody else who started with Lockheed the same time I did, except that she was working in Iran for the sh- for the shah as a lockheed contractor <laughs> how bizarre mm-hmm. i'm over here in burbank working on well the skunk work stuff and then occasionally the l-11 so that was the vintage i'm getting on and then she's over on the other side of the world working as a lockheed contractor for the shah of iran then no. political turmoils the shah gets kicked out uh, she had to evacuate the country to save her life, and then a few years go by and Where does she pop up when I met her? She was a secretary
3: for the uh right turns here. for the Shah of dubai
2: hmm.
3: uh I thought, boy,
1: that's an interesting climb in a in a job from from a, a secretary for Lockheed to suddenly you're you're.
0: Maybe you're she was of, a planted agent.
1: Uh, no, not Sh- sheik of Dubai. That's it. That's the term. Yep. Uh, so that that's where she was working. And again, it was an internet contact, so you you really don't know how true the story is that you're being told. Yeah. And uh, she asked me for my address. that I like to send you something? So, fine. I gave her a mailing address.
3: And two weeks later, this glossy book arrives. And I opened up, and there was a personal note on some stationery
1: inside addressed to me saying, hope you like this guide. And the book was a list of all the different dignitaries in the Dubai government. Mm. And the little piece of stationery that she signed and said, I hope you enjoy this, was gold-embossed stationery. I'd never seen that in my life. <laughs> so I realized, yeah, she works for the Sheik of Dubai, that's for sure. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's just some more interesting people you run into on the internet. Um, but uh, but no, just the commonality was the find out that she had started in Lockheed, 1978, same year I did, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> took completely different paths.
3: So, yeah, That was
1: funny. Uh, well, I. As depressing as the topic was tonight, I'm talked out. So.
0: Yeah, they're really, I mean, other than to stay watchful and continue to study on different things and share, I don't see that there's a whole lot that's that. Um, I mean, certainly it's a shocking story and everything, but we've seen many shocking stories in the last year or two. It's just like one after another who can keep track, you know, which nightclub got shot up, which concert, which, you know. It's like they're trying to make us afraid and they want to take more control all the time. And I'm hoping that people are not falling for it as easily as they were, say, five years ago. Because five years ago it was like a different story, at least around me, where I am. People were like, oh, we got to do something about this. This is crazy and stuff. Now they're just saying... This Something's wrong with this. This is not how life is. So something's wrong. The people around me are recognizing that something's wrong and something's real fishy, and they do question things. So they don't always arrive at the same conclusion, but they're. it's a different attitude now. So I'm hoping that we've got enough people paying attention that they're noticing when things don't add up because they're not just passively listening to the story on CNN or something like they would have been before.
2: You no, know, right. um,
0: I think Veliam in the chat room, I think she said something like, let's just make it up like NBC. I think she said something like that yeah. in there. It was pretty funny. Because that's what they're doing. They're just saying, well, our sources say, we could say our sources say anything. Who's going to, you know, they're not going to prove it. And before, the reason people listened to them and let them do that was because they trusted their reputation, but they don't anymore. Right. Anyway.
1: Yeah, but uh, again, <laughs> I, I, I do have to stress the those two uh, two ladies from Las Vegas. That's an interview well worth listening to. Uh, they really brought yep. up some some very intelligent perspectives on a, on a lot of issues.
0: Uh, yeah, and did you see the woman that, um, it was early, it was like the first, like within the first couple hours maybe, the, this girl was interviewed and she said how somebody was there telling people they were all going to die.
1: Did you yes, see that one? That, that's that been replayed many times. It's, it's did you not,
0: find her credible?
1: It was I did not a, at
0: all. Like the first done, time I saw it, I didn't. Well, <laughs> it
1: was done in a quiet environment, so it was far away from the chaos of the event. That's true i well again, it only was because her twenty
0: first birthday or something she said, but she be, I mean,
1: because I've been to vegas i I have the feel of of you have visitors from all over the world there, yeah, and you're gonna get all different types of personalities, and personally, I found her believable
3: uh
0: Well, one of the things I didn't find believable was that she was so calm. And she, I mean, to me, she didn't act like somebody who had just been through a chaotic, traumatic thing. She also said that they had just made it back to their room before it happened.
1: Because... So she
0: wasn't actually out there when they were shooting.
1: That was the late part of the concert. It didn't happen until after 10 o'clock. And... I think some of these concerts start early, like 6.30 or 7. So mm-hmm. if she had already been through two and a half hours of music and it was a stand-up-and-listen concert or something or sitting on the ground... Yeah, would you be that was...
0: calm, though, and have it all intellectualized in your brain that soon after it? I well, mean, I think most people would have been agitated and upset and they probably would have been crying or something. She was just, like, talking about it like like we are. You know that we weren't even there
1: well because she, because she was not in there getting shot at, she did remark uh-huh. that she left before about forty five minutes before
0: when you be uh, looking around like hoping there's no other people that are there doing harm, I mean she seemed to be just standing there talking like it was nothing well I mean other than she was mildly upset and that she would it was her twenty first birthday I would expect her, I would have expected her to be. Agitated in some way, a little bit at least, you know, looking around like wary of who's around or showing some sign of being afraid. She really just seemed bland. And I, I thought, what the heck? Oh. This is like those when they do those crisis actor um,
1: there was, interviews. The, there was one other fellow who looked at military <laughs> age and he may have been a vet himself who was remarking of some horrific things that he witnessed of the person standing right next to him taking a face shot yeah. and seeing their brain, brain splattered out. Uh, he was very calm in it. And yeah, the skeptics might say, oh, there's a crisis actor. No, I think you actually witnessed that. You just become so shocked. And Probably
0: battle-worn.
1: So, and sobered. Yeah. that all you can do is just relate the details and your your mind just has to shut off the emotional aspect of it.
0: Well, here's the other thing with the media aspect of it, too. Um, like Howie Carr show today, there were people mentioning the same thing. They have the story going on. They have it right down to how they're going to tell it and everything. They put it in all the media the same way. All the newspapers, everything, because there aren't that many media outlets. And then he said, and then they add the local interest story for wherever you live. And when he mentioned that, that struck a chord with me because I thought, yes, they do. They always find somebody who in some way relates to that story but is local to you. So in other words, I'm not going to hear the local story about people in Nevada that live in the small towns. But there's one that was related to to um, Maine, and it was a couple that had gone out there. And you just, you know, you kind of wonder <laughs> how they get these all, because it's, like, quick. It's, like, soon after it happens. So I'm going to be looking up these people. I don't know where the story is right now, but it's a couple that went out there. Um,
1: well, there's people from Mainers at the
0: Vegas shooting. I'll never forget running and thinking I'm dead. That's what the one was here. Um and then they just they have another one on here that says Vegas shooter paddock scouted Fenway Park because of course Fenway Park in Boston, a lot of people from here go to the Patriots games in uh I mean the Red Sox games in Fenway Park. So they wanna you know, they wanna make people think about Fenway and get worried about Fenway. They wouldn't be telling you about Fenway Park out there. So they've personalize it for your different populations and things like that. And the other thing, when when we were talking earlier and I was thinking about the false flag aspects and how there's always some bizarre name and how it's some, you know, why? Why is this guy's last name Paddock? It's like a paddock is a place where you put livestock. It struck me odd when you were saying the fenced-in areas and these people were in the fenced-in areas and then paddock being associated with this incident. It's like,
1: It's like a corral, yeah.
0: It's like the Uh, comic book names, again, that just, they're just bizarre. I mean, I realize these things happen, but it's like every single time, (laughs) you know. That is a uh, weird last name, Paddock.
1: Jim Stone has been coming down on the crew of the concert, and he points out that once they realized shots were being fired, the stage lights went out but the lighting technician turned on what would be the house lights, which were the bright floodlights going out into the field. Yeah. thanks thinks that made everybody a well-lit target? Well, just stop and think for a few moments. What would you do if you were the lighting technician and you suddenly realize there's automatic gunfire going on? Would you want to keep everybody in the dark? Or would you want police to be able to see where the shooter's at? And maybe the lighting tech thought, well, I need to have the lights on for them to identify who who's doing the shooting. May well, not only
0: case. that, but think of the panic that you're going to cause in the pitch dark. People need to be able to see where they're going so they can you escape, know. too. I don't well, know what I would do.
1: Now, once again, being in Vegas, I've got a, an answer for you on that. Uh, there's no such thing as total darkness in Las Vegas.
0: Oh, okay, it's bright all the time.
1: If he had turned out the house lights, the floodlights on that field, there would have been plenty of ambient light from all the other extremely well-lit casinos in town Okay. to allow you to see where you're stepping and at least know that you're not stepping on another human being. There would have been that much light there just from other ambient stuff. Uh But it was certainly a a panic situation, and people were kind of getting trampled. However, they were most likely gunshot wounded is the reason they were on the ground. They didn't trip and fall. They were shot. So those were the poor victims you were stepping over. Uh, Oh, it's just a horrible situation. This, This is... This is Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan—all brought right down to Las Vegas Boulevard. This is awful, and uh, that was probably the impression that had to be get across: is uh, you're invading too many countries, and we're going to bring it to your cities. Maybe that's the reaction. So maybe this was uh, Islamic in, in organization, but uh, at least going back to 911. Abel Danger and others have proven that the Arabs are not that organized. It takes Mossad as the one that's infiltrated everything. Uh, Hmm. But as my earlier argument goes tonight, if it was Mossad, well, they just killed their own golden goose. And it doesn't make any sense why they would attack such a huge revenue source as, as Vegas.
0: Maybe someone will make a mistake, and it will get more obvious as time goes on.
1: Well, I hope security footage comes out of uh, Mandalay Bay to show who was delivering all that stuff.
0: Well, it should because they would have it. I mean, if they don't have it right there, is kind of suspicious.
1: Well, we're back to (sighs) blaming the FBI whenever evidence. They always
0: have security in those places, always
1: but whenever evidence disappears it's it's in J Edgar Hoover's bedroom file cabinet that's where it's at yeah. and uh that's a figurative term but it it still happens today where's all the evidence of 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 what flew into the Pentagon it's all sitting with the FBI and they won't show it to anybody even with a freedom of information uh request why not they're intentionally Hiding evidence of criminal behavior,
0: which means they're in on it.
1: Exactly. There is many
0: other. Ex- there's no other explanation for it. They're in on it if they're doing that.
1: That's why Robert Mueller belongs in prison.
0: Yeah,
2: I
1: And Comey that. and anybody you know, that I worked that. in between them.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, FBI does nothing but hide evidence. They're not investigating stuff. So. Uh, I don't want to get on a screaming tangent tonight. I don't have the energy for it.
0: <coughs> no.
1: Uh, just, just one other little completely off the wall confession here. I'm just kind of annoyed with myself on it. Uh, the reason I'm sounding so tired tonight is all last week I've been having to get up at like two or three in the morning to to converse with somebody on the other side of the world. Uh, oh yeah. And fit their business hours. And uh, one of the parties I was talking to was starting to do something just really stupid. And redneck American that I am, I I flew off the handle and implied they were an idiot to suggest such, such a thing. Uh, I didn't think much of it because it was really stupid and they should have known better. Uh, and then the old topic we discussed here on on of many months ago of, of IQ and, and national averages. Uh, I, I, I went back to a chart, and I think on, on an earlier show I said the national U.S. average IQ is 95. Well, this chart says it's 98, so it's still close, but at least a little better than it was. But I'd also been informed that... Uh, that clever chimpanzees are measured at an IQ of 85. So Uh I was real depressed that America is really getting down only 10 points away from a chimpanzee. (laughs) Uh, Well, that is pretty bad as we encounter political morons and and whatnot, and as we keep using that term loosely. Uh, Starting with the major media. Uh, So if I'm going to broad brush anybody, it would be that group. Uh... But anyway, getting back to this personal conversation I'm having, I kind of let off with uh, an expletive like that and and didn't think much of it because the direction they were going in the conversation was just really wrong. Um, It dawned on me, why don't you uh, look at the national average IQ for that country you're talking to? I hadn't even thought of that. I just looked it up. In that entire country, the national
3: average IQ
1: was 68. Wow. I'm thinking huh? I just let loose an insult to
3: a mentally handicapped individual, and I'm so ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. As as we encounter all these situations of, well, was this a crisis actor? Well. No, maybe they were just in such shock that they just didn't act the way you'd think they would have acted. And I tell you, having 50 people killed around you and 500 shot would shock anybody. And even that lady you were talking about, 21st birthday story, uh, she had been warned 45 minutes early. It was the late part of the concert. They probably got tired of sitting on the ground and left the concert early, so she was back in her hotel when the event happened. So she was not getting shot at. That would be another factor in her conversation. She just simply witnessed from where, whatever hotel she was at, seeing all the chaos up, up in the street and then and then turned on her T V in her room and, and saw the rest yeah. of
2: it. Yeah.
1: Uh, now if you watch this interview with these two ladies I keep referring to here tonight. Uh One's a nurse, and she's referring to the friend she had at the hospital and and the the war zone injuries that they were dealing with there. Uh, So, yeah, there was plenty of bud and gore. All those injuries were real. There was nothing fake. And uh, if anything fake comes out now, it's somebody trying to twist the story and trying to blame it all on one lone gunman that is twisting the story into insanity. And, uh, they
0: the lone wolf thing. When they say lone wolf, I, I laugh now. I just laugh. It's like what? Because I mean, yeah. They, it's like they have everything. It's exactly like what they describe on Able Danger as having a script. Because it's like, okay, so now we're going to talk about the lone wolf again. Well, we're going to talk sad. about somebody with a mental illness. Yeah. And really, they're just making somebody into a patsy, and they're setting them up so that they look guilty. I really kind of almost doubt that he did anything, honestly. But I haven't gotten into it yet. Like I said, I haven't had time. But I will. I'll try to watch it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it it just makes me angry in that, look, you liars told me that story 50 years ago with Kennedy, and you're trying to tell me the same fairy tale?
0: I don't think they bother to make any new stories because most people forget everything. They don't even remember. Even when we try to remember, we have a hard time remembering because it's just not our nature as humans to remember things from, you know, a long time ago with any detail or accuracy. So they can kind of twist it. They know what they're doing. It's not a random thing.
1: I don't believe. Life and death situations make a serious impression on me, whether it's, it's country going to war or somebody getting invaded or even the topic of abortion. If it has to do with life and death, it really makes a a serious yeah. impression on me and and I I get an imp- I get an opinion just carved in stone from that and it's not going to change and when I saw the lies that they dumped on us with JFK and then followed with the lies Lyndon Johnson dumped on us and then followed by the lies that Richard Nixon dumped on us and the mm-hmm. list goes on uh, even up to Reagan, uh, great campaign speeches, but he didn't follow through on anything. And oh, you know, the biggest thing that annoyed me on, on Reagan was was campaigning of oh we got to get government regulation off our back. And then after an eight year term, you realize the only regulations that got eliminated were that of profanity on television. Oh yeah, that got repealed. So now we've got a bunch of vulgar shows on television. And and near nudity and whatever. Yeah, that happened during Reagan's administration. Why? Because he wanted to get government off his back. Yeah, well, the only government he got off his back was the one that was trying to keep our our, our civilization civil. So, yeah, crazy liberals took control and, and uh, gave the impression that, that profanity was free speech. Now I will use the term idiot, and I stand behind it those are idiots coming off with uh, with that you just wanted to attack family life and and human life in general those are idiots uh, promoting that yeah. and the the topic of, of free speech has to do with politics and the ability to govern yourself and and to keep taxes at a minimum getting the, the necessary things done in government and eliminating the the unnecessary that's that's the regulation that needs to be controlled but this lunatic idea that oh we just have, we have to have the right to have a potty mouth 24 hours a day wherever we're at uh grow up that's junior high locker room talk that's not adult talk yep so uh Yeah, when you've been fed those lies all our lives here, and, yeah, as we get up into 60 and and we look back 50 years, 50 years of of enough alertness to to see what's going on around us, it's just disgusting. And to see the same idiots in power now who are nothing more than younger idiots, but they're pulling off the same stunts their parents taught them, oh, if you want to get away with this, you just tell this lie. And go down this list of what what lies accomplish what, and uh well, let's see, if you want to pull off a mass murder, you gotta blame it on a lone gunman uh, yeah, right so uh that's how it is from the west coast, and I'm about to <laughs> fall asleep, so in mid-summer. it's
0: like the it's like the old news anchors, you know, and that's the way it is, wasn't that, Walter Cronkite
1: uh yeah and, and the other was uh david and brinkley good night chet good, good yep. night
0: david <laughs> so, yep exactly so, yeah well i think that we'll just continue on doing what we're doing then and uh you know i put in the chat i sent a little email to see if uh james can respond to email i think that if he was if he was able to, he would be doing what he normally does, and Valium sees him around during the week, so something's up. But it could just be a broken computer.
1: Who knows? Yeah, or, yeah. well, we're we're at the end of summer. Maybe he took a vacation for a week or two, too.
0: So. Yeah, I think he would have said something, though. Like Valium says, he's signed into the Able Danger chat, and he has been, but he's not writing anything on there. So it's almost like his computer is, just not being used or something. Hopefully he didn't get in trouble or something. Because remember he was talking about that one night on here about how he was hiding out because he didn't have his car registered or something. He was hiding mm. out. Do you remember that?
3: No, he I was don't. Men-
0: he was mentioning something about that, that he would he would just hide out because he was trying mm. to get to work and stuff. So
1: as, Hopefully as, he didn't
0: get nabbed or something.
1: The Obama economy uh, hit, uh, hit Jameskin too. I...
0: Put him in the pokey. I hope not. I sent him a note though, and I told him he was missed, and that we wanted to know what happened to him because it's been. I think Velma said she hasn't heard anything from him in a week. So. Well,
1: yeah, thinking back on it, just after the Vegas thing hit, I I emailed several of you. You were on the list, Velma and, yeah, and yeah. jameskin uh I forget what my comment was on that. I think the first thing I wanted to tell everybody was that. Uh, I had driven down that street, and that Las Vegas Boulevard is not a narrow street. It's a wide boulevard, and the distance between the windows of the hotel rooms and the concert was a quarter mile. So that was going to take pretty powerful guns to shoot that distance. Well, four days have gone by, or five days now. And yeah, yeah, they've gotten the uh, they've published the distances, and and now we're learning that yes, he did have military grade weapons. Oh, that was one other thing I I learned from uh, Mike Rivera's show today was uh, uh yeah, only the military has access to these these hundred capacity drums, but they also have access to higher powered artillery. Uh, so it's not just more bullets per. Load it's also each bullet going further and and that was one other thing I needed to mention from from a local Vegas newspaper is his artillery went so far it you know, didn't just reach the the concert uh audience. it hit the jet uh fuel tanks over at McCarran airport, which was the next thing beyond the concert stadium. Yeah. So that's why the FAA had to shut down all traffic on that run, one runway is uh, his bullets could have taken down an airplane. Uh, that That's just really scary. And if jet fuel I think is kerosene and well yeah, in a bizarre situation like crashing into a building, yes, it will explode into flames. Uh... It's not as volatile as gasoline.
0: Yep, I knew that. Thank but goodness, because we have jet fuel over here near uh near us. We yeah. have big tanks of jet fuel over here.
1: Yeah, but it's still not anything you <clears throat> want to have leaking out on the ground in thousand gallon quantities. Uh, yeah. So he could have created another disaster if he hit a if he had somehow or another managed to ignite a fuel tank over there.
0: There was something, I think it was on Godlike Productions, about that that may have been a cover for an assassination as well, which is something new that I just heard today. They said there was something about um, shooting going on at a, uh, what was it, Janet Air or something like that? I'd never heard of it before. They said it was an airline that flies up to Area 51. Hmm. But that could have just been somebody posting stuff just to, you know, keep people's imaginations going. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. any of that stuff, but I was just saying that that was another thing that showed up is that it was a distraction from an from an assassination that was done, and so that would have been a CIA thing. Well, <laughs> the
1: bottom line point is is 59 living, breathing human beings are dead because yeah. of the maniac actions of. Some team, some group, who who organized that? Who hated those yeah. people enough to kill them, like like a swarm of fleas on a dog or something?
0: They don't have a conscience. That's no conscience at all. No, they don't think of they don't think of this stuff the same way as we do. These aren't anybody. They're just you know it is just like animals to them. It's like yeah, other I, uh... people are like animals to them. They don't care.
1: Uh, I I use the Internet to look at at one of the TV stations in Los Angeles, KTLA, and one of their reports, they went through about a dozen people in the Los Angeles area, and they posted faces and told what they did for a living, a a lady who worked at Disneyland, uh, school teachers, uh, just along the whole line of just everyday people, your next-door neighbor, and they mention the communities they live in. I'm realizing, oh my goodness, Lancaster, Simi Valley, uh, Anaheim, just communities I've I've been in many times in my life here. Yeah. And these are just everyday people that were just mowed down like a like a jackrabbit on a desert road. It's it's disgusting. Uh And the only reason I don't have much sympathy for jackrabbits is having to drive a lot of miles in the desert. There's just something inanely wrong with those animals. They sit on the side of the road and wait until you're 10 feet away from them and they jump into your car. They jump right into the headlight. Wow. The, the, so if if you see something on the side of the road, you you think oh he's on the side of the road, I won't hit him. But yeah. They jump right into you. Uh, it's just something I never understood about that critter. So uh, so no, these human beings were not jackrabbits. They sure weren't jumping into the bullets. But they were hmm. being treated like insects that you want to exterminate. This is awful.
0: Well, and, and there's no animosity for those individuals because they don't know them. So it's just random. I mean, in a way, it's random, even if they were doing it because they were picking out a certain group. They still weren't picking out individuals.
1: Yeah. yeah. They don't
0: know them. So all they were doing was just creating mayhem or else, or else, you know, wanting to get as many as possible so they could up their count. Because they do talk about that on Able Danger once in a while, that each time they want to get more. They want to have the bigger one, the bigger attack. Like, oh, the next time we're going to get like 10,000 people.
1: I, I, know of... I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but just the, <coughs> the the sad thing of it is just no. in this situation, no ability to fight back. If yeah. everybody in that group had a handgun, it wouldn't have done any good at all.
0: No, they were sitting docks.
1: Well, except for the few morons going through the crowd. Those could have been dealt with. That's true. Well,
0: I mean, remember the freeway shooters and stuff? That's what they were doing. They were just treating it like a shooting gallery. They didn't care who was driving by at that moment. They just shot at somebody, anybody. Didn't matter.
1: Uh, So, I guess... The question to close on is, uh, are they done with Las Vegas? Are they going to move on to the next city now for another event? I don't know. Uh, Maybe Vegas is now going to be the safest city in the country. Maybe. Because uh, the old expression from Hollywood is, uh, yeah, you're holding three Emmys, but what have you done lately?
2: Really? Really? And
1: these terrorists who want their 15 minutes of glory or 15 days of glory after this, uh, I guess they made their point, whatever it was supposed to be, but what are you going to do for an encore? You're a bunch of has-been idiots who just uh, lost your whole credibility with humanity. You have no place on this planet now to continue your own life. Uh, You will be hunted down and exterminated, just as you have done to others. So what was your point? What were you trying to prove? Has America done atrocities in the past? Most certainly. Uh, But this is not the way to correct that.
0: Those kids you just shot at a concert weren't the ones that did it.
1: Precisely. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And again, these were everyday people uh teachers and and upright hard working people
3: uh who
1: by and large were out to help humanity and you wanna mow them down like uh like game that that's just wrong uh there's the, something just demonically wrong with a mind that that wants to do that um So, uh, you just wonder what they want to do for an encore, and uh, you can't say nothing will match that, because they might get their hands on a nuclear bomb and and light off two of them the next time. I don't know what what level of insanity they they want to climb to, and think that they're ruining a point with with each level of of dementia that they go through. but I guess just the report for the night is that that level of dementia has struck the city that Desert Feet is trying to earn a living in. Yeah. And uh, and it just makes you think of, well, what do we do next? And is this I think now? what
0: we do is we look for any place they say they're going to do a drill and get away from it. Yeah. Because that seems to be one of the things that, you know, it... It's how they explain getting all their things in place. to so say, oh, we're going to be working on a drill, and then everyone forgets after they have an incident. It's
2: like, yeah. hey,
0: wait a minute, they were here two or three days ago. How'd they know?
1: And the fact that what what you just said is not a joke. It is a proven track record. Yeah. Uh, that means somebody in government ought to astutely find out who is leaking their next plan test to the people pulling yeah. off these stunts. Or if if it is a separate person via a leak, that's one issue, but it's most likely a mutual plan within government. Yeah. That it's the same people scheduling the drill as the ones that are doing the evil.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree. I uh, think that's what's happening.
1: That's... Uh, 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 that, that's not a coincidence. That, that's intentional. It's just happened too many times before. yeah, Uh, I'm so tired. My voice is slurring here, so I, I know we've just
0: got time. you, me, and M now. Eight has left too, so okay. I don't think Dottie remembered because I think she's around. She just forgot to come. So yeah.
1: that, or maybe she's off watching Las Vegas videos. Could so. <laughs> be atrocities.
0: No, we're anyway. still fighting the battle here in Maine, too. We've got things here that we're trying to work on, and I think for the use of time, it's probably a more effective one than to just keep talking, because we talk all the time about stuff, but going out and doing something is a different story. And uh, So we're still working on things in Maine. Maine is really active. I don't know of another state. I haven't heard of anybody I know that's got the same kinds of things going on as we do up here. I mean, it's like you could get involved in almost anything you want to want because there's so much controversy everywhere, and it's you know it's kind of like this is the time to be having an effect because once it's decided, it's very hard to change anything. But we're that's what we're doing up here. Anyway, I appreciate you calling in and giving a report on all of that because, you know, it's a lot easier if somebody's right there to get more of a picture. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to have to just try to get caught up and figure out who these people are. Maybe I'll have something more next time. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear something too. So.
1: Okay. All well, righty then. Uh, Thank you. Catch everybody on the next round then. Hope, hope All James, right, thanks a James, lot. Hope James can, can make it back by next next show then.
0: Yeah, me too. I hope everything's okay with him. Okay. All right. Good night for now. Thanks. Yep. Bye bye. All right, William. I'm gonna go too. So we've got emails. People can email if they need to get in touch, and if they hear anything, if I hear anything, I'll let you guys know. And if you hear anything, please let me know too. Okay? Gingercookie87 at yahoo dot com. And I guess I need to spend some time listening to Able Danger shows and also some of the videos that people shared here tonight. Um, If someone's listening to this later and they want to look at the chat to see what the links were that people gave, um, you can find that at chatgrabber.com and just put the call ID, which is 94426, that's for this show. And then you just choose which episode you want to see the chat from and it's... Episode 287. And I appreciate everyone so much for, you know, contributing and helping to solve some of these puzzles. All right? Have a good night. I see Dottie just showed up as we're just signing off. Sorry, Dottie. You must have woke up when I mentioned your name because I just said Dottie is busy, I think. All right. Have a good night